What? Oh, man. So many bees in the tree right outside my window oh. with all the little purple... Springtime. Uh, all the purple buds, flowies. Awesome. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> Freaking oh, me out, man. That is kind of freaky. Yeah, bees happen. That's good. We need bees. Yeah, yeah. These, all right. big, these are those big old, big old bees. All right, Drew. We're, you're, you're editing this now, so we are just burning up your Yeah, footage. that's true. That's true. All right, well, yeah, I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm done looking at the bees. I mean, I'm still going to look at the bees, I'm sure, but... <laughs> Fair enough. All right, let's do this then. Let's do it. Let's be ready. Welcome, everyone, to episode number 41 of the Goulet Pencast, where fountain pens are still a thing. I am Brian Goulet. And I am Drew Brown. And we are here from Goulet Pens, literally both of us at Goulet Pens right now. To deliver this casual and informal, tangential and extraneous, superfluous and extemporaneous fountain pen show, where we talk about what's going on at the Goulet Pen Company and in our fountain pen lives. In today's show, we're celebrating our one-year pen cast anniversary, because that happened. That came up real quick on us, Drew. I don't know. It did. We're going to talk about LED fountain pens. Uh, times when we specifically don't use fountain pens and choose to use other writing instruments. We're going to talk about distinctive yellow inks. Uh, what manufacturers say to us when we are talking smack about their products. We give some random uh, pen spotlights. Well, it's not random anymore, actually. We narrowed it down. We're doing the Justice 95 as a pen spotlight. And uh, we're going to talk about what we did in our weeks off last week. Though it didn't seem off to you because we recorded an extra show just for you all. But we actually did take some time off last week. Um, and we're recording this. This is a, I'll call it a transitional show, where we're both in the building. We're not in the same shot. But we're getting ever closer to next week where we plan, if all goes well, to shoot in person with a new, in, in new digs. We got a new setup for the pencast that we've been working on. It's not ready yet, but we're going to have it for you next week if all goes well. So look forward to that. But in the meantime, we're still recording this in separate rooms. So sorry, Drew, you do not get to experience just how sweaty I am right now because I chose to wear pants because this morning it was cold and now it's like 70 degrees outside. And it I'm is that time of the year in Virginia where uh, we are deceived on a regular basis as to what the day is going to turn out like. Yeah. And unlike Drew, who wears pants year round, which I don't understand because that's insane. Um, I Why can't pay do that. full price for half pants? I don't understand that. Oh, I pay more than full price. When I'm wearing pants, because well, that's because you have nine hundred thousand six hundred sixty-four <laughs> pockets in your shorts. No, 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 no. Well, you well, pay per pocket. It's expensive. You go that that that. I do get my money's worth on some shorts. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> but uh, when I'm wearing jeans, it's just regular pockets. I don't get unless I got carpenter jeans, which I love, yeah. but they're not really in vogue anymore. They're hard to find because that that super concerns you when you buy clothes and you're like, is this in vogue? No, that's never a concern at <laughs> no, all. No, it's definitely not. My number one concern <laughs> is does the pocket arrangement of the lower portion of my body, uh, does it meet my specifications <laughs> for what I, what I plan know to what? do in my life? That, that shirt is a tried and true Goulet video shirt too, by the way. Oh, yeah. This You've shirt's been, been probably 150 videos. Yeah, that's a classic. Yeah. That's a classic. old faithful right there. Yeah, it is. It is. I tried to step up my game a little bit. You know, I was coming into the office. I was like, maybe I should not look like I just rolled out of bed. 
Uh, no, you're fine. Gelled the gelled the old hair. Yeah. It's weird because we didn't skip a beat for you all. I mean, we totally jacked up the order that we were trying to shoot the shows, so it might have gotten a little wonky. But, you know, we both were not here last week, and uh, now we're back. So we're getting into the groove of it, so it should be an interesting show just because we're going to be a little maybe offbeat, a little punchy, but should still be a pretty good time. Uh, anyway, yeah, number 41. Not bad, Drew. Not, not bad. bad. We made it a year. Respectable. Not bad, considering how much planning went into deciding that we were going to start doing a <laughs> weekly show slash podcast. It was a, a three days worth of planning, three, four yeah. days, something that, that's, like that. That's, that's being generous. Yeah. It's, you know, it's really refined over time. It's, uh, it's, it's honed into the masterpiece that you are going to experience today. Yeah, <laughs> today. Instead, instead of an hour's worth of nonsense, it's two hours worth of nonsense. That's right. And speaking with... Speaking with, speaking of all that, we're going to start off with some feedback. Okay, so we had a few more knowledgeable people than us, or people with better memories, because we were both hmm. aware of the Pilot Petit One fountain pen, which is not available in the U.S., and I actually think it might have been discontinued worldwide, maybe. I don't know. That's what Either I heard. Way, That's what I heard. There, there's a pen called the Pilot Petit One, and last last time maybe i don't know sometime in the past we talked about wick feeds specifically on the pilot varsity which was a you know brought up to us as a just super reliable writer with a wick feed and why other pens don't have that but we were reminded by several folks in the last pencast that the pilot petite one was one such example of a wick feed obviously that's not really on our radar very much because a they never imported it into the u.s and b i don't even know if you can get it now but Either way, it's true. Wick feed, writes yeah. great, Pilot Petite One. It's a cool um, pen. It's a yeah, really it is. Cool we pen. tried we, to get it. We, we definitely did. It, yeah. We tried to get it for years, and I have I have almost every color in my little collection. I can't believe I didn't think of it. I probably I just haven't looked at it in a while. Yeah. So it slipped my mind, but very yeah. cool pen. Very cool. Um, on YouTube, Fiddle Twist commented regarding trends in fountain pens, which Brian answered last week about how susceptible the fountain pen industry was to trends like mm-hmm. fashion. Yeah. Um, Fiddle Twist says there certainly seems to be an explosion in pen brands using resins from individual makers like Jonathan Brooks. That's a really good point, Fiddle. I completely agree with that. We have definitely seen an uptick mm-hmm. in brands. Um, that most recently, Visconti, uh, we had a couple pens that used Jonathan Brooks's materials from uh, Carolina Pen Company. So most definitely true, and I think that that's going to probably continue. We're seeing. Um, diamond cast resin from um, Tim McKenzie being used in Estherbrook pens. So it's really exploded in uh, 2021, and I'm sure it'll continue into 2022. So good, good feedback there. And Amanda says, I love watching these pen casts. Thank you. I watch with headphones on because my husband and sons, though appreciative of my love of fountain pens, aren't necessarily wanting to listen to hours long pen casts. I get that. Um, the results. I don't. <laughs> the results in many this results in many times where Brian or Drew will be stuck looking for a word and I'm over here mumbling parameters parameters or whichever word it is at the time and look over to see my husband staring at me shaking his head. I belong to the Serial Turkey Hammock Club on here and look forward to this every week. Thank you, Amanda. I must confess, though, I don't believe Brian and I ever search for words. We are literally masters of words wordness word mouth word mouth words yes this our our the way we have face noises is good better than 
any others. The most besterous face words, noises. Sp- words speakage. Yeah. 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 So, um, but perhaps we've stumbled over a word once or twice. Hmm. About, Speak maybe. for yourself. Elocution. Anyway, uh, <laughs> elocution is my middle name. Is that a word? Elocution. You know, know not, we haven't worried about that so far. Why start now? If you're eloquent, then you have a way with words, right? Eloquence. So elocution, is that a thing? I don't think so. That mm. doesn't sound good. It makes me I'm, uncomfortable hearing I think it. I'm going to make it a thing. If I, didn't, if I didn't question it, everybody would just be like, wow, that's a really smart word. I guess I just don't know I that I really word. don't think they would. They would probably mention it in the comments. Yeah, you're right, because <laughs> our audience is smarter than we are, and that's okay. We really appreciate everyone's patience with our uh, you know, <laughs> lack of intelligence. We do indeed. There you go. So w- really what we're just giving Amanda an opportunity right now to be correcting us thus further proving the statement she just right. made. So <laughs> you didn't do that on purpose. Elocu- it's not elocution. It's not elocution. <laughs> okay. Um, I got some feedback too from Emilio. I just wanted to say that about two years ago, I got really sick from a stress-related illness and I spent a week in the hospital. Dang. During my stay there alone due to COVID restrictions, and after a few days when I was able to watch YouTube, hey, I found you guys and watched and learned about fountain pens. The next few weeks at home, I started my fountain pen journey with your guidance. This hobby has helped me deal with stress and has saved my life. Wow. I don't know how we saved your life, but, you know, I... We'll take it. I'll take the credit. Um, I always look forward to the pen casts. And blue is the best color. Sorry, Drew. Thank you for the work you do to help on pen journeys. You know, Drew and I always question, we're like, is anybody really discovering this and saying, you know what? I'd like to be a part of all this. Let me, let me join these guys and see what they're up to with this fountain pen thing. Emilio, solidarity. It's happening. At Thank least you. we got Emilio. We can say that we got Emilio. That is really cool. That is really cool. I've been thinking about that actually a lot because mental health has been a thing that has been more and more on all of our radars, obviously with COVID stuff. But even before that, honestly, I hear about this as a constant theme of people that like the people, the diehard like fans that find actually using writing with fountain pens the most. There is a a common thread among many people that use it for some form of therapy or escapism or self-improvement or whatever, um, that, you know, there's like something more to that. I don't know what for sure to, to explore there, but like, there's enough there where I'm like, that's, there's something pretty cool. I don't know exactly what that is, but it's a common theme that I've heard about over and over and over again and experienced myself. So it's pretty cool, Emilio. I'm really, really glad to hear that. Yes. And thank glad you that, for, for, yeah. You know, that that's extremely humbling and even yeah. if even if half of that is true, we're <laughs> eternally grateful <laughs> and we appreciate you finding us and continuing to watch. Everybody. Yeah. And then uh to take it on a much lighter note, uh Dawn said the Apple Cinnamon Cheerio story was the highlight of my Friday LOL. That is a Goulet classic, ladies and gentlemen. That is a that is a Brian Goulet self challenge food eating story. If you haven't heard it before, I won't recap the whole story, but I ate way too many apple cinnamon Cheerios, and now I don't like them. Um, it is not my only 
food challenge story. I have several others. He does. And uh, I'll, I'll, I'll eke them out over time. We talked about the taco challenges and stuff like that. But I have, I have at least two others off the top of my head that I can think of. That, but I got to work them in naturally. I can't just like force it to happen. So uh, let's get into some new stuff since we got all the feedback covered. And uh, we'll move this thing along. All right. Well, the new stuff that I have for this week is pretty much all sailor related. Now, truth be told, I was off for a week and it's like, oh, guess what? The new safaris are here, strawberry and cream. So that's not a new coming soon thing, but that did come and launch last week. So that's cool. So we have those now. Go pick it up. That's the 2022 special editions. They are matte finish safaris. Uh, and you should go check them out. Same price as regular safaris, but uh, different colors. So that's pretty cool. I could have sworn they launched like weeks ago. No, it was on Friday last week. Yeah, yeah. I totally. I, if you would have on Tuesday, that was two days you, ago. If you would have asked me though before we took a week off, and I'd be like, mm. "Yeah, those those launched a while ago." It just feels like we've been talking about them for so long, and we got we have, the samples yeah. early, and we did. I just, yeah, I got those samples back in. Gosh, I don't remember when it was January, something like that. It's Maybe twenty sixteen, I think, something like that. <laughs> no, around there. Get out of here. Twenty three. <laughs> I don't remember when it was, but yeah. Um, so anyway, we do have some new sailor things coming. Um, one, which we're really excited about is our next exclusive sailor. What? So yeah, um, we totally have been planning this for a long time. Actually, we had been planning for this at the same time as the stealth green that we did before we were like, let's do multiples, but they were like, you can do one per year. And we were like, Okay, well, let's pick all the colors because we want the second. We know the second one that we want already. So, Was yeah. this the pen, Brian? When we were talking about the new exclusive coming out that you had on the desk, like within arm's reach and you said you couldn't show it to anybody <gasps> yes it was that was it yes it was i was like i have this thing now that's you know exciting. now you know yes so this is a sailor pro gear we have it in both the slim and the regular size pro gear the one that's slightly bigger 14 carat and 21 carat nibs respectively uh, it's called northern lights purple and you know what it looks freaking awesome so it is a translucent purple like a deep like a true like violet purple and it's got different end caps different grip that is turquoise teal turquoise teal one of those teal coise whatever teal coise yeah uh also translucent and then there is silver shimmer throughout both of these it looks so good obviously inspired by the northern lights that you see in the sky in various places yeah. And if you want to see a video review, mm. our very own Brian Goulet did a video on one. I will link yeah, that up there for you because yeah. by the time this publishes, that will have also published. Woo. Yeah. So you can definitely check that out if you want to see. Ooh, got some nice, nice little close up shots there. I think they're going to be pretty popular. So it's kind of the same as we had with the Stealth Green. It was like a sort of a, not, I'm not going to say one-shot deal, but we have to order it in certain minimums. So we have a one-shot thing. If they're super popular, we might be able to order again. I don't know. It's always kind of like, are they willing to do that for us? We don't know. But uh, anyway. Still, we buy, buy one if you want one. Just Yeah, definitely. If you want one, just get one. But you can only get it at Goulet Pens, so that's pretty rad. Um, seven different nib sizes for each pen, too, as well. Lots of lots of them. The standard the standard seven nib sizes that Sailor offers. Kind of amazing. It's crazy. Uh, and then we also have the Sailor Stellar Black Hole. 
And, uh, you know, truth be told, Drew, I don't remember what this pen is. I didn't. It's the uh, yellow and black <laughs> Sheboygan thing. Oh, yes. I got to look this thing up. Yeah, it's cool. This is what happens when I when I leave for like a week. Well, this one, this one, yeah, this one launched while we were out. But, uh, yeah. yeah, it's a cool looking pen. It's got some sparkly things happening. It's got a yellowish, mm. I don't know if it's mustardy, but um, are you looking at it now? I'm trying. I'm trying to find it. Stellar black hole. Oh, I looked up. Stellar, yeah. So it's kind of like a. I don't even know what I'm typing. Um, it's got a little bit of a. I guess mustardy cap is the right word. I think that the. the oh yellow, yeah, this one. Okay. Yeah, yeah. What was it marigold? What would you call that yellowish cap? Mar- marigold. Could marigold. Work. Yeah. I think yeah. it actually matches up really well with the black, but it's also got a black finial, so you've got that. When it mm. look when it's closed, I think it looks real sharp. This does look really good. This looks yeah. like I wouldn't I wouldn't think to dream up this color combination. But it looks it looks like very kind of throwback, like vintagey kind of a color. Yeah. And it's got like a little bit of sparkle in the black too. And the and the the marigold color. Mm-hmm. Marigold. What do we call it on yeah. the product page? Gosh. What color do we say that it is? Golden yellow. Golden yellow. That is fitting. Yeah. Yeah. Only 1,200 of those worldwide, so it's a limited production. But anyway, you can go check it out. This is a um, full-size Pro Gear. So Pro Gear Standard, for those of you that are looking for the official term. Yeah, it's 312, and uh, yeah, standard seven nib sizes for that one as well. So lots of sailor options for you. That one is new. It launched a couple days ago, and you can go check that one out. All right, Drew, what you got? That's right. Well... You might remember, if you are a listener or watcher of the PenCast, that we asked you weeks ago about your opinions of a brand called Ferris Wheel Press, Inc. And we Ferris, loved what Ferris, you said. Ferris, Ferris Whale? Is that what you Ferris Whale. Ferris Whale? Ferris Whale. <laughs> we loved your input. We appreciated it. And only because of you, not really, but... We appreciated the positive things you said, and in conjunction with our own evaluation of the ink, we have decided to add a new brand, so we are now carrying Ferris Wheel Press inks. However, not all of them. We started off with what, uh, you know, a combination of what we heard was most popular, both from you, from Ferris Wheel Press, our personal favorites as well, 17 colors from the beginning. Uh, More to come, I'm almost certain, unless this thing just no one buys it at all. I'm sure that's not the case. But we are currently selling 17 different colors, so check that out. Uh, They are $22 a piece, but you know what? And that's expensive for ink, but you kind of get a lot for that. So, Brian, when I was testing these inks, I was mm-hmm. really impressed. Let me see if I have one. Oh, I have headphones on. Hang on. All right. So, I have here the ones we're not carrying, but um, the bottles, every single bottle has a different piece of box art on it, which is crazy. Like how much time they have to spend to get a unique piece of artwork on every single box. So if you're looking for something giftable, this is a great brand because the whole presentation, if you're giving somebody a nice pen and you want an ink that is, you know, equally as presentable and has that wow factor right here. So not only that, but um, they are kind of hard to open up without ripping. I find sticking your finger in this little, you know, whole situation here what is that hexagon um anyway you get this thing open the cap i mean you it's a beautiful bottle to begin with but the cap Mm -hmm. brian really fascinated me because it's a metal cap with a um you know little rubbery insert thing to 
seal it. You can just put that right back into the cap there. But what really stuck out to me was that the glass itself, and you're not going to be able to see this really, but the glass itself and the inner cap that's within this metal part has a hard stop on the threads, so you don't run the risk of over-tightening anything. It comes to a nice hard stop, and you can feel it just kind of pop right in there, and you know exactly when you've tightened it to the point where it needs to be tightened. And I love that, and I've never seen that with any other ink cap. They shipped us a bottle of like 40 of these things, and there was not one leak. There was hardly any packaging either, no padding. So they're just really well presented, really well packed. Very sturdy. Yeah, and from from you know a retailer's perspective, that is so good because that is awful. nobody wants messy ink, and uh, that was a big wow factor for me. So that was a great endorsement for me. I would buy this ink for me for my friends. Really happy to be selling it. So I'm pretty jazzed about that. If you cannot tell, um, I am also jazzed about this new Visconti we have available. So mm. um, right now there are. Uh, three opera masters available on our store. The first is the Polynesia, which has been available for a while. The Savannah, the newest in this kind of environmental theme that they have going on, is the Antarctica Opera Master by Visconti. So the Opera Master is a large pen with a large ink capacity. It's got their famous double reservoir power filler, their hook safe lock mechanism, and this one is very, very icy looking. It definitely has that Antarctica vibe to it. So whites yeah, and light it blues. Looks good. It does. It looks very glaciery. So hmm. definitely something to uh, keep you cool mentally during as the warmer months approach. Maybe hmm. I guess I don't know. It's a pretty pen. Check Do it out. Want to stay cool? Like, didn't we just have a bunch of cold and we want to like get to the heat now? Uh, I I'd never want to get to the heat. Are you kidding me? Heat hmm. is the heat is the enemy. Hmm. I disagree. W- no, winter all year round. <laughs> Brian, heat you are is, always too hot. How can you? I know heat is always with me. That's why heat, heat is my <laughs> heat is my companion. <laughs> so you're just embracing it. I am. Yeah. You're like I'm not gonna I'm not gonna escape it anyway. So might as well embrace it. Yeah. As soon as it starts getting to be like 60 degrees, I'm just actively sweating oh my around gosh, the clock. I'm so sorry. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> yeah, so it's definitely a neat pen. If you're a fan of the Opera Master, you might be a fan of this one, and I'm yeah. so, so excited. to. Be. It's not every day we carry a new ink brand, so we're really excited about Ferris Wheel Press. All right, that's uh, that's what we got for new stuff for right now. There's lots more. You can check it out on the website in our new or coming soon section. Uh, but for now, that's what we got, and uh, we're going to get into a little bit of Q&A. All right, Drew, we got five questions for this week. And we I've, do. Are you ready for the first one? I've teased most of them in the intro. Yeah, go for it. <gasps> All right. Well, Jess asked this one, and Jess sent a bunch of mm. questions, so we might be hearing from Jess for a while <laughs> because okay. a lot of them were good. So anyway, <laughs> Jess asks, why is there no light-up LED fountain pens? Why mm. are there no electronics in fountain pens? I know it feels like sacrilege, but is anything stopping a manufacturer from making a 90s Star Trek-esque fountain pen with small LEDs to light up that beautiful golden barrel ink as it flows like liquid gold from the nib? I mean, so... Mm. I, 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 It's a good question. I don't know why this doesn't exist. I, To my recollection, I've never seen anybody incorporate lighting elements into a fountain pen. Uh, if any brand might have done this that we might have missed, I would think that Monteverde, yes. because they've done all <laughs> kinds of crazy stuff, but maybe not in a fountain pen. I don't know. To me, like fountain pens are generally bigger. There's more stuff happening there inside. 
So I think if you incorporated lighting elements, because then you got to have batteries and other things, I don't know, it would just get pretty chunky, I would think. Probably. So, you know, and I, I'm trying to think, like, would the lighting be to light up the inside of the pen? Like, as... No, no, no. She says she wants it to, um, or, or they like, want it to shine on the ink. Um, the, on the to, ink, to like, light up. Yeah, well, like, oh, while, it's, while it's on like the paper. Shine. Oh, you mean while it's in like, the pen. Yeah, like li- no, no, no. light up she the pen She says as inside. it flows like liquid gold from the nib. So she wants it on the page. On the page? Yeah. Like a like a flashlight? Yeah. Sort of a pen there, light? I, I'll, I'll say, Brian, I did a little bit of Googleage on this oh, one. Okay. Help me out here because I'm trying so, to think. I'm trying. You know, it's kind of open-ended. It's None of these exist, so yeah. we, could, we could dream up anything yeah. here. No, I, I googed it, and the Google machine told me that... <laughs> you googed it? I googed it real I've good. I've never heard that. Yeah, I googed it up. All right, All right. so, yes. <laughs> Zebra, um, which is a company that is known for making um, some dip nibs and some roller balls and some artsy, okay. artsy pens. Zebra, zebra G? Zebra G nib, yep, that? yep. That yep. Same, same Zebra. Same okay. zebra. Okay. I believe there might be a different zebra because also they make printers. I don't know if the same zebra makes pens and printers. Maybe they do. Let's they just all look, they not all look worry the about same. that. All the zebras are identical. Zebras zebra. They make a rollerball <laughs> called the Light Right. Mm. Uh, and it does exactly that. So the little clicky click pokes through a um, kind of a silicone, a clear silicone bulb-ish area that lights up so you it shines on your page as you're writing and i don't know if they could do that with a fountain pen Hmm. but presumably if you like obviously it's not gonna it's not going to eject unless you did that with a vanishing point or something but if you kind of took that same principle and had that Hmm. kind of clear silicone ring uh, around the grip section um no then it would get all inky i don't know yeah this i mean Theoretically, it, it could be done. It could like, be there's done. There's a way to do this. I don't know. That's interesting. Are you trying to like write in the dark? Is that what the no, goal is? No, you just want to you want to light up that ink. Like you've seen shimmery ink go down on the page, and ha- yeah. and, and that shimmer kind of settles as it's coming out. Like that's a good looking sure. thing. But like I'm looking at this light right thing. It's got a pretty small. Like that light is basically almost touching the paper. So it's like it's a pretty small spotlight that you're actually lighting up. It's, so it's bright like, though. I watched it. I watched a video review. Yeah, it's all. It's, oh, it was too, you got like you got all into this then. Didn't I you? mean, I, you know, I did some just a mm. little bit of goog, and uh, <laughs> yeah, it was actually too bright for the camera to pick up. It just looked like a, a just a flare. Yeah. It was oh, little, they probably little, yeah, they probably tried to film it in the dark, and the auto yeah. adjust was messing it up. But yeah. I, I think <laughs> someone could do it. Hmm. Um, See, so, I, was, I was imagining like LED incorporated inside the pen and say if you had like a clear feed and like a demonstrator pen body that your pen would sort of like glow and show off the ink inside the pen. That would be cool. That would be cool. That would be every bit as not practical, but I don't know. That'd be kind of neat. I I've mean, never... practicality hasn't stopped Monteverde in the past. I mean, yeah, I say, I, I say we pass along the word. Okay. We get this. We get this thing happening. All right. Let's now, see. Let's see what we can make happen here. Jess um, also asked, um, uh, "Why are there new electronics in fountain pens?" I know that you have some. Since you're in your office you, uh-huh. with all your wacky, ridiculous pens, I didn't they? Didn't they make a like voice recorder fountain pen? Or like, do you remember that hmm. episode where I was like pulling oh, yeah. random random junk for you to look at? Hmm? Yeah. Was that a, was that a fountain pen or was that a rollerball? That, that was, was a rollerball. Ball. That was okay. A rollerball. So did yeah. they do any of those wacky electronic things? With fountain pens? 
not that I'm aware of. I know, so I know Monteverde has done several different, you know, ones like that. But just not with fountains. Not with fountains. There's too Mm. much, too much going on, too much going on in there, you know, because like a refill, rollerball refills are fairly standard size. You can get like really short refills. So if you want to basically have a whole pen body, but use the back half of it for a voice recorder or whatever, and not have to worry about any type of ink or filling mechanism. I bet they could put... You can do that with a rollerball. I bet they could put a flashlight on the tool pen. I mean, there you go. I mean, I'm sure you have laser pointers and there's like pens with stylus tips and all that type of stuff too. But I don't... I think that we've seen limited... Yeah, with with LED technology, you would think there could be some lighting possibilities. Can you imagine Um, a Twisby hmm. Eco with a light in the internal (sighs) filling? Like, oh my gosh, with all that ink... Mm. Yeah, or a 580 with like the faceted kind of <gasps> thing going oh. on there. I don't even know. I don't. You have, like, I don't even know. You could have like a black light LED and get some like photoreactive oh, ink and stuff. I don't know. Oh. This is interesting. This is. We're probably just getting like into super obscure territory here where like. Who, Fountain who, pens are obscure. Who, We're in the right place. That's what I'm saying. Like, it's already obscure. You're taking oh, that's an true. already yeah. obscure thing and making it that's even true. more obscure. So, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. We'll have to look into this. I yeah. literally have never thought about it before getting this question. It's like, huh? Maybe there's something there. Lights inside pens. Why not? Maybe there's something, yeah. Okay. We'll look into it. Thank you very much for the suggestion there, Jess. Uh, I got a suggestion from Joseph. I don't think it's my son, but... It could be. Um, Of course, says Joseph, you and I, and certainly most of your viewers, are very much into fountain pens and use them essentially all of the time. But are there times when you think a fountain pen is not the best choice and you pick up a ballpoint, ugh, rollerball, or a gel pen, I uh, I ad lived on those noises. Joseph did not write in those noises, but <laughs> you know, was going for entertaining effect. So, Drew, what about you? Will you consciously choose to not fountain pen? Absolutely, all the time. What? Um, all the time, absolutely. So, mm. honestly, when are mm. fountain pens the absolute best choice? Like, seriously, always. It's always, not Drew. always. It's most always. definitely not always. I love them. I always. absolutely love them. Always, but they're. <laughs> Um, here's the thing. I actually never carry a fountain pen with me. I what? have I have them here. What? I have them in my bag, but I don't always carry my bag with me. I have them like my laptop bag, and I have my pens in my laptop bag. But mm. if I'm not bringing that thing somewhere, I don't put one in my pocket. I used to, and I found out two things. A, it always got ink up in the cap. Uh, mm. As we've talked about, Brian, I am not a very active person but i am a very energetic person so that <laughs> leads me you are known I, to, you are known to bound about yes. as you move yes yeah, so so <laughs> within my sedentary lifestyle i still do find it find regular opportunities to skip i enjoy us yep. I, I enjoy a good skip throughout the office um i you know don't ever touch the bottom two steps i'm like well i can just jump at this point so if i'm going down the stairs i'm like you know let me just jump onto the front floor mat in front of the front door so yeah wow you know movement happens and that's just not conducive to you know fountain pen maintenance it makes it makes ink spritz and uh there there there's jostling that occurs on my person so i found that to be not something i want to deal with you're probably a fringe case in terms of 
you know oh, what sure, a, but, what but a pen even, may go through in but even a, a brisk but even a brisk trot hopping you know up and down off of a curb <laughs> or going down you know stairs from a parking deck like that can that can jostle ink spritz into the cap and that's just annoying because depending on what pen you have some pens it's really easy to swab out the inside of your cap some pens it's a nightmare and you've got inner mm. cap mess to deal with it's like not worth it and then the second thing that happened was i just wasn't using them i would be like all right let me you know put all my stuff in my pockets and i put a fountain pen in there and then i just i didn't use it and i'm carrying this thing around and just nothing happened to like make me use it because i'm not carrying around paper so I'm just like waiting for some mm. sort of situation to happen. Be like, aha, I have it. And if I'm going to be at some place for a long period of time and I need to bring other stuff, I'll have my bag with me. You know, mm. sometimes I'll go place and I'll, you know, it'll be a long time. So I'll want to bring the kid's tablet or something in case he needs to keep himself occupied. And then I'll have my bag and then I'll have my pens. But if we're just going out to a restaurant or something, I do not bring a fountain pen. I will bring a Retro 51 Rollerball. That's part of my everyday carry. I have my knife, my watch, my coin, my wallet and a retro rollerball one of two i have the system mike dudek system and then i have the um uh discovery i have two shuttle pens i don't know i have one of those Hmm. and uh i just switch between those two and if i want to sign a receipt with something that's a little bit more personal i have that available which is still fun i still want to inject some you know personality into my writing experience i do i do find joy in that but uh, i'm not going to bring a fountain pen with me out to dinner just so i can use it on a receipt and have it smear everywhere like honestly, <laughs> honestly the retro rollerball smears enough i don't i don't need True. i don't need a wet you know water-based the, 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 the receipt signing is not my ideal scenario either yeah. no no and i just and that's really the only situation that just kind of pops up in those situations where i would you know have my pocket pen so hmm. i i do write a lot at home um not a lot but to your point earlier about this mental health thing i found myself Whenever I'm like frantic on the weekends, like, okay, what do I do now? Okay, I did that thing. I really mm. wanted to do that. I don't want to, I'd, I'd like to play video games, but I don't feel like I could, can right now because I haven't done enough. Let me, I just, I stop and I just start writing for a little bit and it just resets everything. Mm. Even if I'm only writing for like five minutes, it just, it's like yeah. a, a brain cleanser for me. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, everything just kind of got wiped. It's like, you know, shaking an etch a sketch and, I'm, I'm good now. I've got a blank slate, and then I can go on. So I always keep f- uh, pens at home for that reason. But um, other than that, no. I, I, I'm strictly a uh, pocket rollerball guy. Fair enough. All right. All right. Fair what, enough. What about, what about you? Do you do you find yourself um, carrying fountain pens around like when you're just going about your everyday business? Yeah. I mean, uh, since COVID life started, a little less because I'm kind of like you. It's like work or home not really going many other places or if i am it's very purposeful like i'm going to the grocery store like you're not going to bring one to the grocery store though right no i don't because i use my phone for a grocery list because it's a lot of items and i'm constantly updating it and rachel will you know add things to the list while i'm in the store and stuff like that so you know the collaborative aspect of it is pretty nice there um so yeah, not not as much there. Though I mean, a grocery list would be a great opportunity to write stuff down. But out of me with my writing down, it's less a little less utilitarian, a little more purposeful. Like I um, just went to a work conference last week, and I wrote like twenty pages of notes 
in my like bullet journal thing. So there, you know, I had my laptop with me. I actually brought it to the like conference, like breakouts and stuff like that. But I didn't want to open up my computer because for one, then it's like you got this big bright screen and other people can see what you're working on and there's notifications, all kinds of other yeah. junk going on. I was really trying to concentrate on it. Um, so I really appreciated having something you know, physically there. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty purposeful when I am writing, but, um, yeah, I definitely will have like, you know, more like the pocket style pens that I'll carry kind of purposefully to be in my pocket, you know, like the traveler's brass pen and stuff like that, that I've mentioned before where I will, you know, Lamy 2000 is good for that too. You know, I wouldn't hesitate to throw a 2000 in my pocket and have it next to my pocket knife and keys and stuff right you know and i'm not really worried about it getting damaged because it's a tough pen that's what so, happened to my that's what happened to my vanishing point this is like my yeah com- that's not this is my pen. conference pen whenever i'm like at a class <laughs> or symposium or whatever like this go. is this is the thing and it is it's it's a little brassy these days yeah yeah that one that but one it's fine it's 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 the best note-taking pen so i mean it is a good is good for that yeah yeah so i mean yeah i i personally there's a couple situations that are very specific and not that often where even if I have a patent pen, I'll be like, mm, I'd kind of rather not use it. Like for one, when you have that like carbon carbon copy paper where it's like multiple layers and you got to press really hard through it to write down on the further down layers. I don't really like to use fountain pens for that unless yeah. I have, you know, if I have a steel nib, you know, just one that I know you can't destroy. But, you know, I don't like to put a real aggressive pressure on my pens if I don't have to. Um, plus it's not about having an experience that paper is usually pretty waxy anyway. So I'd rather have a ballpoint or something for that, but again, it's really not that often I'm using that. Um, I really don't come across newsprint very often, but that's usually super thin and bleedy and stuff like that. So I would generally not, I mean, you can, you can use like heart of darkness or something like that. It'll work pretty well on that with a really fine nib, but I'm not like, I don't get, I don't subscribe to a newspaper. I'm not really not running across situations that much where I need to especially accommodate that. So I'm not yeah. really bending I'm over the same backwards. Way. It's like, it's more of an intentional decision. Like I am going to write now. And yeah. when yeah. I do that, then I use a fountain pen. Yeah, but the I ones could, that just kind of like usually... randomly come at me, yeah. like it's more of like a, I just do this thing real quick. I'm like, okay, cool. I don't need a fountain pen for that. Just boom, yeah. gone, you know, I'm, I'm not I'm, taking any, there's no joy in that anyway, regardless of whether or not I would use a yeah. fountain pen. I'm a little more adventurous. I'll carry pens with me and be like, oh, I've never tried it on this random thing. Let me see how it works. Oh, it, it's okay or it's not or whatever. Um, you know, like I'll sign receipts and stuff. Some receipts are okay. Others are not as great. You know, paper differs. So it's kind of all over the place. Um, other things like slick surfaces, like if you have things like photo, like photographs, you know, SD cards, like stuff like that. You know, oh God, we have no. like things like that. Like fountain pens are just not meant for Terrible. writing on all surfaces. That's where you need like a Sharpie or a pencil or something like that. Even even then, um, <laughs> they don't do well. Yeah, like I'm, when I'm in my workshop, I, I don't keep any fountain pens in my workshop. I use pencils or some sort of other chalk or wax, you know, pencil or some other implement that's made for marking, you know, like wood or metal or something like that. Um, you know, so there I'm not I'm not trying to make anything happen with fountain pens. But I would say I probably find myself, you know, 95% of the time being able to use a fountain pen because I have, you know, control over what I'm writing and where i am but you know maybe different for everybody um but you know i I pretty much lean towards using a fountain pen when at all practical you know yeah for for me it's if i'm at home or at work i'm using a fountain pen anywhere else probably not fair enough all right cool yeah okay 
Next question comes to us from James. And James asks, mm. not sure if this question has been asked before, but have you done a segment on the most distinct yellows? I love yellow. It's such a positive, cheerful color like riding with sunshine. I use diamine sunshine, which is distinct. I once used Noodler's yellow, and it was so indistinct that it was like writing with invisible ink. We have okay. not talked about yellow inks a lot, Brian. We we haven't, so... So, okay, I, I got to ask you a clarifying question tr- here, Drew, based on how you're interpreting James's question. I was thinking distinct as in, you know, like which y- among the yellow ink colors, which ones stand out among their yellow ink peers. It sounds, though, like James is saying like distinct as in like stands out on the page, like which are yeah. like the more readable yellow inks. Is that how you're? That's how because inter- because he used the comparison okay. between Noodler's yellow and Diamond Sunshine. I think that's okay. what he's getting at. Okay, okay, I got gotcha. you. Yeah, it was just a little open to interpretation there, but okay, cool. Um, yeah, I think for me, like I would lean towards something that's more of a go- a golden yellow, or you know, if it was a crayon color, it would be a something hyphen yellow not just a pure yellow color right so some sort of some sort of uh you know brownish yellow or golden yellow or greenish yellow you're gonna have a little more luck than something that's meant to be a pure yellow because pure yellow is honestly are going to either look like highlighters or they're going to just not be very visible especially if it's on bright white paper um, or even ivory paper if you have like the rhodia paper that's kind of yellow anyway like the yellow rhodia premium like the very yellowy kind of cream paper yellow ink is gonna kind of blend in a little bit yeah so yeah i mean some of the ones that i have enjoyed the most i'll be honest with you i don't i don't go towards yellow ink colors very much probably mostly for this reason for the fact that they don't stand out on the page quite as much um so for me urban amber de bermani is a really nice color it's a nice like a sunflower yellow like kind of a Hmm. little bit more of an orangey yellow i would say Um, but it's a very nice color lots of good shading um very very pleasant yellow that's one that i used early on in my fountain pen journey and it really always kind of stuck with me as being a, a very pleasant yellow brian i think that's more brown i mean no it's like an amber yeah it's like an amber so it definitely it walks that line okay yeah it is it's not it's not too far off from noodler's golden brown though yeah i mean yes so anything with the word golden in it i think is a good place to be in terms of a usable yellow fountain pen ink yeah does that make sense like yeah i just it's 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 tough to call I, i would have a tough time calling this one a true yellow though See, I would I wouldn't call it a true yellow. I'm saying well, that's that what the, the tr- question is. We're talking about true... yellows here. He, he asked for distinct yellows. Okay, this it's... is. <laughs> but oh, so a distinct yellow is a brown. Then is that what you're saying? I mean, not all the way brown because nobody wants anything to do with that. But oh I'm saying, my god, like, you with your amber you... deeper damberdee. I do love me some amber deeper damberdee. <laughs> um, uh, Diamond golden sands. Okay, also. there you go. There you Another go. Another golden. Another I'll allow golden that one. name. Okay. It's, got, it's got some yellow shimmer in it too. That's maybe pretty. Yes, helps boost up the the shine a little bit. That's a very pretty one. Um, Pelican Golden Barrel as mm. well. That one's pretty pretty brown looking as well. It's kind of like an amber de Bermani with some <laughs> shimmer in it. So I don't know. I guess what I'm saying is, 
you know, I really don't use true yellows. I pretty much use golden something. I, 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 I would say that um, golden barrel is more yellow than amber. Yeah. Okay. And I, I think that, that it might be because the the um, the shimmer is very yellow. So that I yeah. think and the shimmer is its vibrance a little bit. Yeah. The shimmer is like it's barely in liquid form. It's like <laughs> yeah, you're almost writing with like a stick of shimmer coming out of the nib. It's so it's a beautiful, shimmery. A beautiful ink. Yeah. For, so for me, like bright yellows, uh, they're not they're not hot sellers. Being honest with you, the brighter and less distinctive i guess in this definition the the less popular they are i think most people end up using those more for kind of like watercolor mixed media art stuff where they're going for a yellow color not necessarily because honestly when you're writing something with lettering if it's too bright too pale too in you know too much like that in any color scheme uh you're just not going to be able to read it very much so i think yellow gets there quicker than any other uh, color family so i don't have a ton of suggestions maybe you have some more drew but uh those are the ones that i've usually gravitated towards are the golden colors you know you know i'm throwing shade at you here brian and i'm sorry but i don't have yeah, find, find me I a don't, better find me a better suggestion drew i don't have a lot of <laughs> suggestions <laughs> awesome. but hold on but i am i am very interested so oh. Oh, i will okay. say <laughs> that doesn't count i know but so you're here. basically a troll. You're just trolling me. You're, <laughs> oh come on, Amber you're, cho- you're dumping on my choices, critiquing that, me, no, offering I, no two, better suggestions. And two then just out of your three were the concept. Okay. okay. Two out of your three were okay. <laughs> that first one though. Okay, so I was looking at yellows because, no, like you, Brian, I have I have not written, I have never inked up a pen with yellow. I've swapped really? a bunch Ever? of them. I've used I've used a glass pen with a bunch of them. Um, now, yeah, no, I've never inked up an actual pen with all hmm. yellow ink. Well, I um, have. Maybe. You've used golden sands, haven't you? Mm, no, for a video, but not like mm. for like me. I'm going to write with this for, you know, a week or however long. Like I haven't, I haven't done okay. that. Yet. So I'm, I'm really into this now. I want to find <laughs> a yellow that I really love. So I, I'm, I'm, I'm here for you, Joseph. So, uh, I will say that I'm going to empty out my three pens and I will write with nothing but yellow for the next week because I've got three I really want to try. Oh. Okay, so Sunshine Yellow, which is one of Joseph's inks, that one looks really, really good. Like, that looks like a pretty yellow. So Hmm. I'm going to use that one. And Roarer and Cleaner Helianthus has been a super popular ink for a long time. Like, that's... That's, I think, probably the most popular yellow ink that we sell, oh, oh, like through through years. That that one has been a go-to for a lot of people. So OG, I know yeah. that that one's a good one. So I'm going to try that one as well. And then uh, if we have, it looks like we're sold out of the uh, bottle, but hopefully hmm. we have some samples. And then Sailor Ink Studio 770. That one also looks really nice. Now, these are yeah. not true yellows, like Brian said. He, was, I completely agree with him there. Those bright yellows, while they look exciting... They just don't have enough distinction um, to stand out on white paper. So these, I think, are a little bit more um, uh, marigoldy than just the yeah. true bright highlightery yellow. So I think these three are going to uh, tell me some things about whether or not I can add a yellow ink into my normal rotation of colors. But it's not something I tried, and I feel bad for it. I want to I give it a shot. So 
I'm really excited to try those. So that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to use those three inks as long as I can get my hands on them. And uh, that's just going to be it for me for for the next week. I will commit to that. Wow. And I'm pretty stoked about it. So I would love to talk more about this next week, Brian, if you uh, think that we could have time for that. Um, and obviously, if uh, you, you have any experience with yellow inks or if you just like to do what i'm going to do and just be bold and try a yellow ink that maybe came in a surprise me sample thing that you've just been like oh yellow okay it's nice um give it a shot give it a try this week let's 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 be adventurous together i'm gonna i'm gonna jump in with both feet all three of my pen feet and uh i don't know i'm optimistic i think it's gonna be amazing yeah yeah We'll see if I get inspired to do it. I don't know. Yes. <laughs> you can use your Amber D. Brown. I mean, I, have, I haven't used that one in a while. There's a couple other good ones that would come out recently that I've never used. So I got to admit, I'm a little out of my yellow game. I've never um, entered the yellow game. so I'm Yeah, just, true. You've been I'm sitting on the sidelines all this time. That's right. Dude. I've been just sitting on the right. sidelines, you know, heckling the umpire. Well, you're diving in with three feet, apparently. That's a brown, so. not a yellow. Boo. Boo! I don't like your choices, but I offer nothing more constructive. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Okay, cool. All right. Well, maybe we've inspired you all to add some sunshine to your life. Um, My next question that I have for you, Drew, comes from Lauren, who asks, Why are some nibs scratchier than others? I recently got a Sailor 1911S, and it has more feedback than my Pilot Custom 74. Why? Mm. Well, Warren, is you that scratchy? Are... Is that scratchy? Well, he he know. used feedback and scratchiness, so I think he gets it. I okay. feel like Warren gets it. So, yeah, we always kind of wonder: should we use scratchy mm. or feedback? Um, ah, because... See, I wouldn't call that scratchy. To me, scratchy's got to be inconsistent. It's yeah, g- like... generally, when we're like troubleshooting with customers, we try to yeah. distinct. You know, just have a distinction between feedback and scratch. Mm-hmm. Scratch yeah. meaning like something that's not supposed to happen. But I get what you're saying. It's not a standard. Um, de- it's not a standardly 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 st- standardly yeah. defined experience. Some people call something that's you know scratchy. They 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 say it's anything that's not. Yeah, like it's a subjective. Butter, just like just like smooth. Yeah, just like yeah. smoothness and and flex is subjective. All of it is. But anyway, oh yeah. Um, there's a reason for that. There's a very good reason for that. And I will say that Sailor is that way and Mm -hmm. any sailor you pick up is going to have a little bit more feedback than something like pelican for example so a lot Mm. of folks love it i personally enjoy it yeah um and a lot of it has to do with how they polish their tipping we've been to a couple factories and we've seen some of this process and you have companies that choose to use a more you know generally when you're smoothing anything you start with a more coarse abrasive and you Mm -hmm. just kind of step down and down and down and down until you're using something that barely feels coarse at all and depending on kind of when you stop that progression you're going to end up with something more or less smooth and companies like sailor and we also visited aurora and noticed that they also stopped their polishing process a little earlier than some other uh, manufacturers you know comparatively um they're gonna just have a little bit more feedback on the paper you're just gonna feel a little bit more a little more graphite um which is you know something we often use to talk about sailor yeah yeah um and that's good in a way because let me tell you the danger of over polishing a nib is 
treacherous. Hmm. And the the closer you go to that like beautifully smooth zone, the closer you also get to falling off the edge and having it be over polished. So if you can go right up to the edge and stop right before you get there, great, amazing. You get a wonderfully smooth riding experience that also flows really well. But some folks just choose to either you know play it a little bit more safe to not go so far close to the edge, or they you know move back on the polishing just to create that signature feeling that some people really love it's very subjective uh, some people really like it's very subjective mm-hmm. you might like it you might not if you do like it sailor is a great brand for you if you don't like it now oh, try pilot um mm-hmm. you know that's a japanese brand that isn't known for you know feedbacky nibs mm-hmm. but um that that's one major factor is the, the the polishing and i'll also say that a you know we've talked about this in previous episodes smooth does not necessarily equal good all the time if um, you've got really, really slick, smooth paper, having a really, really slick, smooth nib might not give you the best performance on that paper. It might actually mm-hmm. be better to have a nib with a little bit more grab to it because you do want to make contact with those paper fibers. And um, slick on slick, I don't know if you've ever, uh, I mean, I mean, think about uh, that accident you had that, at that bowling alley that one time. It was, that, was, that was rough, wasn't it? <laughs> I'm sorry that happened, but no, um, that, uh, it is objective. You either like it or you don't, but that, that's, uh, you know, some of the reasons that we have seen. Um, now I will say that, uh, I I don't know if this analogy works, Brian, you'll have to correct me on this, but the way I feel like as the pens that I've written with, if I write with a nib that is a little bit more coarse feeling on a paper that, um, isn't super slick and smooth, I feel Mm -hmm. like I get better performance, more reliable performance than if I write with a super, you know, smooth nib on a super slick paper. And is that kind of like if I am wearing shoes with a tread on them on carpet versus like, you know, uh, dress shoes on a basketball court? Like, is, is is that a good analogy? I think that that could, that can work as an analogy. Yeah. It depends. Yeah, because, because it depends on what you're going for. It depends on the like, surface that you're right. In a, like, in sense with, walking on yeah. with pens and paper, you want to make contact. Like you've got a very small portion of. I'll bring this. I'll bring this this visual aid out that I made for another question. But here's the tipping of your nib. Right, that blue line representing the ink. Um, if it's right down on the nib, you right down on the paper. You want your paper to be right there. And let's see. Let me make it straight. Right there. And if you've got something, it's a very small area you're trying to hit right there. And if you've got a really, really flat piece right there, if it's off, even by just a little bit, you're not going to make contact. But if it's a little bit more coarse, then you're making contact with more of the paper or more of the nib if the nib is more coarse. And Mm -hmm. that's what makes, you know, well, it's one of the many elements that makes a pen flow well is proper contact on paper. And you're always trying to get that proper contact. Yeah. Um, and uh, if you zoom in on paper, it's not flat. It's It's got fibrous things happening. Mm-hmm. So um, a more coarse nib might have a better chance at connecting with that paper. Yeah, and I think... I think it's a pretty decent analogy there. Um, and it kind of depends what your purpose is to go with your shoe analogy. You know, if you say you're dancing... Well, if you're doing like a foxtrot or something, you may want a different shoe than if you're breakdancing, right? So it can even depend on what you're doing, what 
your, what performance you're actually trying to achieve on that thing. I don't think most people write just picking up a pen and writing with it are really thinking about it that much, but we have a lot of sensitivity in our fingertips and the amount of difference of what we're talking about here in terms of how much you're polishing the the tip of these nibs you you can't even see it with your naked eye in fact most of the time you can't even see it under a loop like 10 or 15x magnification you're talking about you know literally microns of difference in these abrasives but you can still feel the difference of it when you're writing on the page so it's um it's something that as you use fountain pens more you will you know, just like if you're you're into fine wine or if you play a lot of golf, you can notice the difference between some of these, you know, different different things in, in, in the instance of pens, different nibs and how they're tuned and how they're smoothed and all that kind of stuff. You notice some of these finer points and then you sort of refine your palate, so to speak, um, the more you get used to these pens. So I think you start to gain some preferences and, and all that as you use different ones. And you may learn that oh, I actually prefer something that is a little smoother or that is a little toothier. That is my actual natural preference. Doesn't mean it's good, bad, or otherwise, but different manufacturers tend to kind of tune theirs to one way or the other. And it's not good, bad, or otherwise. It's just kind of how they do it. Um, But one thing that I do want to talk about that we haven't mentioned yet, though, is the nib size can make a huge difference. Um, If you have something like an extra fine or a fine nib, boy, that can make a huge difference. Even if it's smoothed to the same, you know, grit of abrasive, just the fact that it's making so much less contact to the paper, it can feel so much toothier with a really, really fine nib versus one from another brand. Now, Sailor and Pilot here, I think if you're comparing the same nib size, you're going to see a lot of similarities there in terms of the actual size of the tip. But if you're comparing something with like a Japanese brand and, you know, like a Pelican or a Lamy or something, you're going to see some differences on the extra fines and the fine nibs where they're going to feel toothier on those Japanese pens just because they grind them finer than the Western counterparts do. So you really need to compare more like a fine nib on a Sailor or a Pilot to maybe an extra fine from something like a Lamy or a Pelican. So, you know, it can really vary a lot based on the nib size as well. That's right. You're writing with a very, very pointy piece of metal. Yeah, but that's cool. That means you're you're refining your palate. You're refining your palate because most people, when they first pick up a pen, don't really notice the difference that much one way or the other. But I don't view this as a bad thing. I view it as you are learning and gaining experience and learning what you like. And if you truly love the pen and you want to get a really refined experience, that's where like getting something custom ground from a Nibmeister might be more in your wheelhouse because you may be looking for something that that manufacturer just doesn't quite do it that way, but it can be made that way if you uh, want to really kind of specialize and get it done. All there right. we go. All right. Okay, we are closing off our questions with mm. a curiosity yeah. from Mark. Mm, it's a spicy one. This is a bit spicy. Mm. It's got a bit, a bit of a kick to it. Mm-hmm. Mark asks us, have you ever received criticism from a mm. manufacturer after giving negative feedback during a pen, ink, or paper review? Mm. Criticism and negative well, Brian, feedback. Brian, Brian you have done feedback. a lot of mm. video reviews. I don't know if you know this, but... Uh, I have? Yeah, yeah, a couple, have. yeah, just a couple hundred, no big deal. Yeah, okay. A couple thousand, maybe? I don't I'm know. I'm usually just kind of talking to myself into, into yeah, the void. Yeah, you probably, you probably blocked it out. <laughs> but you've said some things about some of these products. Yeah, I mean, I guess it depends on, 
you know, what you consider a negative, like negative feedback. Oh boy, I don't know. I, tr- I, I, well, no, I'm trying to think about this very, <laughs> ge- I'm trying to think about this very genuinely because the truth is I really haven't gotten a lot of criticism from manufacturers. Uh, and I think part of that is because I really, really try when I represent, you know, uh, whatever, uh, as a retailer, as a reviewer, as myself, because I'm kind of all of these things wrapped in one when I'm reviewing a pen. I really try to put myself in a place where it's not just me and my opinion, because let's be honest, I'm one person. Like, who am I to say what's good or bad? And this is part of my personality, too. It's just we've talked about on the Meyer Briggs, whatever, the debater profile, you know, so I naturally will try to see multiple sides of the coin. Uh, But I think for me personally, I try to just point out honestly what's going on with the pen. And I really do try to think about like, well, this pen's really thin. Is that bad? Like, I may not like a really thin pen, but there are a lot of people that do. So usually when I'm talking about an aspect of the pen that even is maybe not to my personal liking, I don't speak about it in like a very harshly critical way. I'm not like, oh, this pen is thin and therefore it is garbage. No, I'll just say like this pen is thin, so it's probably going to be more to the liking of somebody who likes thinner, smaller pens. Maybe their hands aren't quite as big. My pen, my hands are big, so I don't like this one quite as much. But the thing I've learned with years of doing this and getting feedback and comments and talking to various people about their own preferences is it is all over the map. Like whatever somebody hates, somebody else is going to love and vice versa. So, you know, there are some things that are more universally appreciated and some things that are more universally probably not preferred. And then, you know, those are the things like if something, you know, feels maybe not as sturdy, you know, something doesn't feel like it's going to hold up as well or something like that, then I'll be like, okay, I'm not really crazy about this. But then usually those things might cost less or have some other aspect to it. So it's like, I always try to present maybe an explanation or a kind of a balanced approach to it. So I guess because ever since the beginning, I've tried to to really just talk about all the all the aspects like in totality and then give kind of like well here if you like this you might like that but if you don't then you know no no you know that's not very specific at all i just made noises but <laughs> ultimately <laughs> i try to present in such a way that's not really saying this pen is good or bad which honestly some people are looking for that and really youtube would look for that we probably could get maybe more clicks and views on things if we had a harsher more kind of aggressive stance on yeah. things that are good or bad i've seen that a lot recently i've been looking up <laughs> sure. reviews for uh shoes recently like different types of uh, chuck taylors i'm like oh, okay. what's the difference and right. every, everybody every video i click on is like this is garbage. You stinky. I'm like, really? And I click on it. I'm like, oh my God, what, what's wrong with it? And they don't say anything bad about it. It's like I'm clickbait. Like, yeah. Oh, come on, man. You scared me for a second. Oh yeah. It's absolutely <sighs> It's just, to, it's to listen to any emotion, right? So it's like, yeah. I think if that's the approach that we, we tried to take here, then I could see more of that because then we would be basically unfairly making assessments of things. Cause we'd be throwing out a whole portion of people that really don't feel that way. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. I I guess we always started out doing it that way and that seemed pretty fair and balanced and we got good reception because of that. You know, it's it's more of like, hey, I'm educating you about this thing. I'm not trying to be a hype man and say whether something's good or bad, you know, because ultimately we put the reviews out for free. So it's like, you know, if you want to watch it, that's that's great. But I'm like, I'm trying to educate you. So if you want, if you're interested in this product and you want to buy it, like it doesn't do me any good to say whether something's the worst or the most amazing 
because then you're going to get it. And if it's not, then I've lost credibility with you. So I'm more like, well, I'm not going to hype it. I'm just going to say kind of what I think it is. And then you can see for yourself and you'll probably be like, oh yeah, that's, that's pretty spot on. And then you'll like trust that, trust my opinion. And then the credibility to me matters more than the like sensational aspect of it. So, you know, me personally, I really am struggling to think of scenarios where I've had the manufacturer be like, Hey, we really wish you would have said this differently or whatever. I mean, maybe they feel that way, but also honestly, we put out so much content (laughs) over the years. Like I don't think any manufacturer can keep up with it all. So they're just like appreciative that we're talking about pens at all. And in general, as long as we're being fair in what we're talking about, then they're just pretty happy with it overall. And they're not really not jumping down our throats about any of it. I think if we were to go more, the more sensational route, then we would probably be inviting more of that. But since we don't really lean into that as much, then I don't know. It's just not something I've really seen a lot. I mean, I think as long as we're accurate, like if I've said something that's ignorant or I'm not representing the brand properly, then maybe I'll get some feedback. Um, so that's the time probably where I've gotten feedback from the manufacturer. But that I, I don't think is so much like a negative criticism. That's just like, I didn't do my homework or I said something that was unfair. I made an assumption that wasn't correct. And I'm being given information that I would have said it differently had I known it at the time. So that's the, that's the most of the feedback that I've really ever gotten. Um, but yeah, nothing, nothing really crazy. It's like, so I guess if that for, for what it's worth, you just know that when you're watching videos that we're making, we're not having like this little angel and devil on our shoulders. Like, Oh, I'm going to only say the good aspects of this and not say the bad aspects of that because you know, I only want to make it seem really good or whatever. It's like, no, it, it, it pretty much is what it is. Like you all are going to tell us <laughs> what's going on anyway. Like we're going to be accountable in that respect. So we're going to try and present it as fairly as we can. And then the people will speak for themselves about it. So, you know, we're not like yeah. trying to hide anything really. I actually am reminded of your most recent review on the, well, it's hmm. not really a review, but your video on the dialogues and how you fill them specifically, but you kind of okay. did get into some review territory. Um, But toward the end of the video, you mentioned that the dialogue might not be the best at sealing. Um, You mentioned how the mechanism, you know, is really cool, really novel and interesting and innovative. However, if you're looking for a pen that seals well for long periods of time, this might not be the pen for you because this is this pen wants to be written with a lot in order to keep that flow. So. That was, I think, a good example of a very Brian thing to say, saying like, hey, this pen doesn't do this as well as some of these others, so if you're going to buy it, you're going to want to write with it for a while. So like, you're not yeah. saying like, this pen dries out like crazy, it's totally useless. You're like, this is what it is. These other Lamy's probably will do better in this area, but you know, and and I think that if you're if you're buying that pen and you hear the information, you can either be like, okay, well, I want to write with it every day, so great, or you can be like, oh darn, no, I never clean my pens and I don't write with them but once a month. That that means so you can say something mm-hmm. that approaches negative or you know a con and not you know be like poo pooing all over the pen. You know, you can word it diplomatically and just kind of like you said, just they're just facts. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's like using the Lamy like trapdoor thing as an example. Yeah. It's like, yeah, okay, pretty much any retractable nib pen, it's going to not seal as well. And in that pen in particular, there's a lot going on there, you know. I think the engineering is really cool. Yeah. But, you know, the novelty and that that aspect of it I think makes the pen worth it, but 
only if that's what you appreciate about the pen. If you don't appreciate that about it and you care purely about kind of the utility and longevity of the ink drying and stuff like that, then that's not going to be the pen for you. So that's like more the approach I'll try to take is more just informing and kind of educating, disclaiming kind of a thing rather than making absolute statements about good, bad or otherwise. Yeah, Brian, so, you know, and we I tease Brian all the time here because he doesn't take a hard line on anything. But that that's just the way he is. And we'll be in meetings. If we are in one of our new product meetings or something like that, Brian might actually have, you know, a topic that's kind of, you know, his topic. Like, hey, I found out this thing. What yeah. do we think about this product? And we'll all be like, oh, yeah, that sounds good. And then he'll be like, well, here's the thing, though. I don't know, because uh, what if this? And we're like, wait, hold on. This was your this is your thing. But like, yeah. he, he really he really <laughs> do does. Do yeah, well, he, he, he really does place a lot of value on seeing things from all sides and yeah. i think th- i think that's good that you're doing a lot of the reviews and stuff like that because you do have that mindset yeah and that's why like you know i i generally have shied away from some of the first impression style videos personally like you've done more of those than me for me the first impression style it's not as entertaining because i'm really kind of asking myself a lot about the pen and i need it to probably like kind of really paralyzes s- you a little bit because oh, your, your natural you you want to gather facts well i usually like you can and and when i have done you know uh first looks and stuff like that you can see some old ones you can see my thought process is like and they're always very long <laughs> because i wander about as i'm doing it because i discover more about it and then as i'm thinking about it i'm like Hmm. Okay. So my first impression was this, but actually now that I see it a little bit more, okay, I can see a different aspect. It's your second, third and fourth impression at that point. Yeah. It's like, I have to really experience it a little bit. And then I get a kind of a whole rounded perspective about, about a thing. So, and, and we joke too, because whenever I get a question that's like, Oh, what's the one pen that you would blah, 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 blah. (laughs) And I'm just like, gosh, you know, I just, it's so hard because I, I really see things from a lot of different people's perspectives. So, you know, my own opinion about it is, I almost don't even value it that much. It's really about what is the thing? What is, you know, who is it for? And I'm, I'm kind of just like a vehicle for yeah, well, whatever you knowledge have education. To be like, as, as an owner of a retail business in choosing products, you can't hmm. choose just stuff you like. Like you, you can't, that would, that you would make, that would could, really, but, I mean, you would, could, but we, that would, that would really limit our selection. You, we would only carry blue products. If that right. was the case. <laughs> <laughs> but you've been like training your mind for yeah. the last, you know, decade plus on yeah. not, you know, using your own personal decisions to make, you know, fountain pen related decisions. Yeah. Um, so it's gonna, it's, it's not something you can probably just turn off. Yeah, but I can still have like my own opinion or whatever. But I think there's a can very dis- there's a very distinct difference between <laughs> when I'm reviewing a product, I'm trying to present it with information for people who are are interested for themselves. So because I don't know exactly who's watching that video, I try to present as much information as possible so you can make an informed decision. That's very different than like here's just me just riffing about what I like about a thing. I mean, that's all well and good, but personally when I watch reviews and when i watch other things about non-fountain pens and i'm genuinely trying to learn about how to do a technique for some yard work or whatever thing if somebody all it is is just laced with their own personal opinions and i'm like well i'm not using it that way what about if you 
are a taller person than you giving your opinion or the, you know, if I'm somebody's reviewing a chainsaw and they're talking about how heavy it is, I'm like, well, I don't know how heavy you're used to things. Like, right. is that yeah, actually it's not heavy that heavy? Or, like, what, what do you mean just, not that heavy? Like, that's not helpful to me. I want, so, I want like a more rounded kind of view of things. So that's personally the way that I always try to present it because I'm like, let me give you the information that I think is relevant to making a decision. And then you make the decision for yourself. I'm not making the decision for you and then limiting the information to the things that I think are important. Right. Yeah. That's probably, but, I could have just said that one sentence at the beginning of this and saved yeah. all that. Other <laughs> no, conversation. it's all good. But it's I all think good. That's oh, kind of ultimately what boils over, down overall to. though. Like, no, we don't get, <laughs> we don't get hammered upside the head from our distributors and manufacturers. If anything, no. they're like, Hey, can you do this video? Can you, can you do more of this? Can you do more? Like it, that, yeah, that's, that's, probably, that, that's really it. Like that's they don't I think cr- we get asked for the most is like, can y'all just talk about this thing? Because we, you know, want you to talk about it. And it's like, well, we only have so many hours in a day and yeah. we'll get to it when we can, you know, that it's kind of like, thing. talk about this color of this thing. We, 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 <laughs> we need to sell these i'm like no why, why would we we did a video on the, the other yeah. color of that yeah. thing already so you know right that that's yeah. really it they're they're super cool all things yeah, considered that'll do it all right brian i have a tip and it is of the week that's the best kind so, so we're going to talk about it i'm going to bring out my visual aid that i mm. showed off earlier because I want to tell you one simple thing. One simple thing. Don't rotate your grip. And I don't mean rotate your grip when you're trying to take apart your fountain pen. I mean don't rotate your grip as you are writing with your fountain pen. Mm. We don't want any of that. That's not fun. You're going to have a bad time if you do that. Now why would that, why would that be, Drew? Well, Mr. Gooley, I'm glad you asked. So let's pretend that this little circle here is the front of a nib. Like if you're pointing it right at your eyeball, okay? So you've got tine, tine, and this blue line down the middle represents the gap in your tines and then the ink. You're using light blue ink today. See? See, Brian? There you go. That's what I'm using. I'm seeing it. I'm seeing it. Definitely, uh, I sacrificed the top of my uh, Clairefontaine Triumph notebook to make this beautiful piece of of art. You sacrificed the cover? Yeah. Whoa. That's commitment. That's commitment right there. It's for the people. It's for the people. I love them. All right, so this is your this is your situation here, um, and then ah, let's just grab a little piece of paper here. This is where you want it, right? You want that blue line to be touching the bottom of the paper, right there. Yeah. If that blue mark is not touching the paper, right there, there's no ink touching the paper. Hmm. If that is touching the paper, what are you doing? You've just got a piece of metal. On a piece of paper. You're doing nothing. That's not... They got nothing. Yeah, because the ink's not... The pen's not pushing ink out of the pen. No. The ink it's is, just the capillary ink is, action. Yeah. It's, a, it's like taking... If you took a straw full, filled with water and plugged it up on one end, you know how the water just kind of stays up in there? But if then if you take a paper towel and you touch it to that that area where it's still wet, hmm. it's going gonna, it's gonna to suck up ink, right? You know, hmm. even though normally it's not just going to drop out. So you need to touch the ink to the paper it need that the wetness needs to touch the paper so if it is rotated even a little bit like you're talking like you know how small those nibs are so you're talking the gap between the tines of the tipping material very very small hmm. so there's only one little tiny sweet spot for you to actually get that contact hmm. so if you are prone to rotating or if you're you know kind of got a slippery grip that's just not working for you you might find yourself doing that and or that or that or anything even just barely off that middle part 
all you're doing is just rubbing a piece of metal on a piece of paper. It might hmm. as well be, you know, the tip of a screwdriver. It's totally useless to you. It has to be right at that center. Yeah. So um, if you find yourself doing that, there's, there's, I would recommend... Yeah. What? No, sorry. Go I was going to say, there is a tolerance there to a degree. It's not like if it's off by two degrees that it's not going to write anymore. You know what I mean? Like, there is going to be some forgiveness. But I think, honestly, some people just naturally rotate the pen in their hands more than they realize. And it's not until yeah. you see them do it and point it out that they themselves even notice, like, oh, that's what's happening. That's why, you know, when I get to a certain point in the page that it starts to feel kind of skippy, you know, uh-huh. is because, you know, if they're not moving their elbow and they're twisting their wrist when they get to the far side of the page, they could be rotating the pen in their hand. And, That's happened to me so many times. Right, right. So mm-hmm. it's just one of those one of those things to be aware of that if you're having skipping issues, especially that you are just paying attention to the rotation of the pen. That's 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 kind of what we're getting at. For me, it's at the bottom of the page because mm. you rest. I rest my wrist on my page for the most part, but then when my wrist falls off of my page, as mm. I get toward the bottom, I'm like, I'm I'm elevating it a little bit okay. on my own mm. because I'm trying to compensate for that gap that I've lost because my okay. wrist is no longer on the uh, my palm is no longer on the paper, mm-hmm. and when I do that, I've I've got my mind kind of on this elevation situation. I'm not paying as much attention to the rotation of my pen, and then I'm like, oh, it's, it always writes so weird when I get to the bottom. Mm. It's because I'm just not paying attention. Now I refocus a little bit, yeah. or I put like another notebook kind of at the bottom of my page to kind of elevate my wrist, make it a little bit more natural for me, and that yeah. helps a lot. Yeah, there you go. Good point, Drew. Yeah, it's just something to keep an eye on. There's, Again, this is like one of many factors of something that could be an issue if you're with the writing and all that, but it's one that I think it's, I think it's a big one. I think it's a big one that gets missed a lot, but it's pretty obvious to just check yourself, look down at your pen, make sure that that nib is rotated correct i think most people tend to rotate inward too so if you're left-handed you're going to tend to rotate it a little too much to the right you know clockwise and if you're right-handed you're going to tend to rotate it counterclockwise to the left so just something to keep in mind there there you go all right pen spotlight drew this is one that we admittedly have neglected in the past this would be the pilot justice 95 i tell you so when I mentioned this pen, we both fessed up to having forgot it on a couple different occasions. We did. And we had specific segments on like soft nibs, flex nibs, all that. To- even to- Rachel. Yeah. Even Rachel Goulet. Rachel, and I tell you, she doesn't forget anything ever. No. And and she was she was doing something on the website where she was kind of like listing like if you wanted to so- sort our website by soft nibs, she forgot mm-hmm. the Justice ninety five. So yeah, all three tag. of us. Yep. All three of us sleeping on the Justice 95. Yeah. So I think the big thing about this pen, Brian, that we have to just kind of mention from the onset is the fact that this nib is adjustable. It is. Well, not necessarily the nib itself, but there is a bar Hmm. on top of the nib that extends. It has an extender bar, and you can switch it from hard mode to soft mode, and that allegedly makes the nib more and less bouncy so um, not allegedly it does i mean it does it does it's not a ton it's not as it's it's not as drastic as what i think most people would hope it to be right if that makes sense so yeah so basically what that bar does is literally just kind of like 
forces the tines down a bit so that they can't move as much. Mm-hmm. It literally just is putting pressure on the top of the nib so it can't bend up. And then when it pulls back, that pressure is then alleviated and the nib can just flop around wherever it wants to go. <laughs> flop around. <laughs> but I would say it's flopping, but I mean It's 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 a good it's a good pen. It's fun to write with. It's very fun to write with. It's a great um, it's a great pen. It feels very it's like it's a very solid feeling pen. It's it's a larger pen too. It is. It I is a larger like pen. Yeah. I love writing with it. It's got a clip, Brian, that is unique hmm. to the Justice 95. I have not seen this clip yeah. on another pen. Usually Pilot has kind of the, like two or three styles of clips that they repeat on other pens. Yeah. This one is kind of their sword shape clip, which you've seen on other pens, mm. but it's got this laser etching to it that I mm. haven't seen on other pens. Yeah. Now, I'm not uh, an expert in Pilot's international selection, yeah. but as far as what they offer in the U.S., this is the only one that I've seen. It's a cool pen. It's, um, yeah, just most people don't know, like, where this thing falls. You know, it's really kind of in a league of its own. It's sort of like the Pilot Falcon, you know, how that Falcon nib, it's not found on any other pen but the Pilot Falcon. That's kind of what you get into with the Justice 95, is you get into this adjust-a-bar thing that Drew mentioned, (laughs) and you're like, you try to explain what it is, and you're like, I don't don't know what that is. It's the only pen that has that. So unless you've actually experienced it for yourself, then, you know, there you go. That's that's all you got. So yeah, and it is also three hundred and twelve dollars. Yeah, it's not exactly so, entry level. So you, it's, no. it's kind of a commitment, you know. But I think if you like the way that the Pilot Falcon soft nib feels, it feels about like that. So it's not going to be more than that. Um, but I think that's a, it's around the softness of that in the softest mode. And then when you go hard, it feels about like a normal non-soft 14 karat nib. So, um, yeah. But, but it's not tremendously more expensive than the 823 though, Brian. Right now, our oh, no. retail price for the 823 is 288 So at a little over three, you would consider this to be pretty you know, on that same price level of the 823. So if you're considering an 823, there's really no reason that this should be cost prohibitive for you. Um, I guess it's more just about the writing experience itself rather than the filling mechanism, because this is a cartridge converter pen. So it does just kind of take the con 70 here. Mm. Um, I mean, or others, but con 70 though. Yeah. Con 70 is a great, a very large, Mm -hmm. um, you know, uh, uh, eyedropper converter. Um, that you can fill with a syringe because you don't want to bother with the silly button mechanism. Well, I would say, that, you know, um, for those that, uh, you know, have the patience, the, f- oh the fortitude, the Con 70 is not that complicated. It's, uh, you know. Fortitude. <laughs> anyway. This is an inside joke with me and Drew. He's not as much a fan of the Con 70, and I think it's awesome. Yeah. And then, so here's yeah. the thing, Brian. If you if you had one of these pens in your regular rotation, okay. wouldn't you just always have it in the bendy bendy mode? I probably would. Soft mode. Yeah, I would probably put it in whatever mode that I like it in, and probably just leave it there. You know. Yeah. I don't think that I would be like, oh. I wrote the header in soft mode, and now I'm going to write the body in hard mode, and then I'm going to sign it in half halfway in between mode. Like, uh, I'm probably yeah. just going to tune it in so, to where I want it. Yeah, so I wonder, like, what, what, what is the appeal of this? Because I like the pen, and I like to write with it in know. its bouncy mode. I think it's, no- I think what it's is novel, the, you know. Yeah, it is definitely novel. It's novel, you know, and given, and given the novelty of it and what prices you see on some of some other, like, gold nib pens... 
I think it's actually pretty fairly priced these days. Like it felt like it was a more expensive pen when it first came out seven, mm-hmm. eight years ago or whatever it was. But now I feel like other prices have gone up a bit and this one's kind of stayed in the same spot. So I, don't I know. think they forgot about it. Don't tell them. Maybe Pilot forgot about yeah. it like we did. And they're like, oh my gosh, we haven't <laughs> adjusted the price on the Justice 95. The what? Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Don't, don't like, tell Pilot best, about the best, Justice 95. Best kept secret here in the Pilot world. They don't world. know that they're still sending it to us. <laughs> I'm sure they um, It also, a lot of folks uh, might not notice, you can't really see it, but it is covered in very, very um, modest... Uh, Texture? Texture? I don't know. Yeah, it's got lines. It's got yeah. engraved lines yeah. all up, all up, all over it. They actually have a couple, but not of, not, not on the finials though. Finials are slick. Yeah, yeah. So it's got a light texture to it, but it's not it's not a texture like uh, you know, it's not an abrasive texture. So it's not no like, really. You 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 can't you can't feel you it can at all. It just makes it. it look cool. Texture. Some people feel really weird about texture on a pen. I don't think this is an offensive texture. Well, no, and there's it's, it's very not, very slight. No, very very slight. Um, yeah, but it's a, it's a neat pen, and I don't think that it's a good I've it's ever... a good size. It's a good length, just like the eight twenty three. You've got a nice long body on the pen, so it's very comfortable to write with unposted. I feel and like flat tops. This one is like that too. I mean, it's a flat top, gold nib, pilot pen, con seventy. Like, I don't know. This one, this yeah. is a, this is a sleeper. This pen is sleeper. It is, us. it is. And when we talked about the Heritage ninety two, Brian, mm-hmm. we said, you know what? I bet you the Heritage ninety two is somebody's absolute go-to pen oh yeah and we had that one person write in say not yep. only is it my go-to pen but it's my number one recommendation whenever i recommend a pen there you go so if the justice 95 is your pen please let us know i want to hear about it yeah. and why this is your go-to pen you because do this do this i, pen I think justice. i get it yeah i think i get it i just i just want to hear from somebody who like this is their thing fair enough all right there you go if you are that person or those people where the Justice 95 is your end-all, be-all, please let us know. We'd love to hear it in the comments because uh, I think I think you're out there. All right, now let's move on to the nonsensical portion, the what's happening. Well, Brian, as far as what's happening, things definitely happened because you and I had a whole week of happenings. We did. We had very different, had, very different happenings as well. We had weeks off. Well, yeah, so Brian had to go to an actual thing, and I was like, well, you know what? I don't really... Mm-hmm. It's not every day that I can take a whole week off and have it not affect a pen cast, so maybe I should just take a week, too. Why not? I've got the time. So um, the Goulet Pen Company is very generous with their PTO. I appreciate that. And uh, so I took the week off, and I had somewhat of a staycation while Brian actually went and did real things. (laughs) So um, actually, Brian, a lot of what I did in uh, my week was uh, journaled. I actually wrote down. I was like, here's my week. Um, in my notebook, I wrote down some kind of house tasks I wanted to do every day and some uh, one movie that I had never seen that I wanted to watch every day. Hmm. So I wanted to make sure I got some stuff done and a movie watched every day. And I wrote them down, kind of narrowed things down. I eventually just went with the movies that I didn't have to pay for because, I mean, I mean, we're all paying for the streaming services. Why am I going to rent yeah. you know, a movie on Amazon if I can stream it for, stream a different movie anyway? Yeah. So that's kind of how I made my selection. So uh, I watched um, A Quiet Place with uh, John Krasinski and Emily Blunt. Okay. That one where they can't talk or else monsters will come and kill everybody. Oh, um, okay. That was interesting, uh, hmm. different. Um, I was interested to see, like, ooh, how, how's Jim... Jim... Jim uh, <laughs> Halpert? What's his last name? Halpert. Jim Halpert going to be like in a movie. And he didn't talk. So it's like, 
you know, he talked a little bit, but hmm. really it didn't it didn't feel that different. Just Jim with a beard being quiet, not trying to get killed. And then uh, Tarantino's um, two most recent movies, uh, Hateful Eight and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Hmm. Um, big Tarantino fan, so I've been, you know, just delaying watching those for yeah. no reason. So I was really happy to finally get those. And then I watched Mission Impossible Fallout uh, just because I wanted to watch some crazy Tom Cruise stunts and see my man Henry Cavill with a uh, mustache. And I got both of those things in that movie. So uh, Henry Cavill's mustache delivered and crazy Tom Cruise did crazy Tom Cruise stuff. So Mm. hooray for that. And then on Wednesday, I went to the movie theater and I watched the new Batman movie. Yes. Okay. I went to Cinebistro and I sat down in the front row, nice. had myself a coffee and a bread pudding, and I was just like, here mm. we go. I'm going to enjoy that. Oh, it was delightful. That's, that's your, like that, my thing. That's your bliss right there. That's my thing. Oh, it really was. Drew is, really a, was. Drew is a, he's a, like a connoisseur of bread pudding. This man, I'm, he will not turn down a bread pudding. It hasn't happened yet. <laughs> not yet. I have not found a bread pudding that I shunned. I don't know that as, I would look at of, you and a, say, like, this dude is all about some bread pudding, but, you know. I'll work you on are. that. I want I want people to know that about me as soon as they see me. Well, I don't know what look you have about you that says mm-hmm. I like bread pudding. You probably need to put on a lot of weight because bread pudding is not generally a healthy food. <laughs> Maybe that's what it is. Like I look no. like I would probably eat a lot of bread pudding. Well, I certainly I did not, I could not finish it. I was just like <sighs> I took a pi- I, I took a picture of it because I'm like I had like the the screen in the background mm. and a little coffee with a little saucer Ooh. and like this is very photogenic. How foody the of bread- you? Yeah. The, well, I didn't do anything with it because the bread pudding, Brian, did not look appetizing at all. It <laughs> was like just a, a blob. <laughs> it was a blob of brown, mm. like, and it started wide at the base and kind of got thinner as it went up. So it okay. looked like not good. Um, so I was like, oh, okay, well, yeah, that's not as pretty as I thought it was going to be. So, yeah, I'm not going to do that. Yeah, there's a reason um, why you don't see a lot of bread pudding on Instagram, probably. Yeah, yeah. No, not <laughs> <laughs> it was not a very grammable photo. Uh, but the movies were great. I'm really glad I finally got to see all of them. So nice. that was nice. I don't often get the opportunity to kind of watch Drew movies by myself. So um, that was nice. Nice to have the time to do that. Okay. And then I got some house stuff done. Hmm. Um, did some mulch around the garden area, bed stuff, some random repairs, stuff I needed to like hmm. a little window thing that was flopping off and some oh, yeah. things, that need, th- things that needed to be hung up that I've just been not hanging up. And yes. Um, so I got all that done, got that all wiped out, um, you know, sprayed for weeds around the house. And the thing that killed me, though, was my sagging gate. Um, I have a gate door that mm. is sagging, and I have to, like, lift it up onto the hinge oh, every yeah. time. And I bought one of those little tension things that mm-hmm. are supposed to fix sagging gates. That didn't do jack. Mm. Um, I thought for sure that would help. It's not. It's it's the it's the piece of wood that the hardware is attached to yeah. that is being pulled so i think i need to i guess i need to take off that whole piece of wood and reattach it but mm. i don't i i can't just it doesn't need to move so much that i would need to make like new uh, holes yeah you right don't, right yeah mm. it would, they'd be too close to the old holes mm. so okay. i need to make completely new holes and then the then the woods is gonna have two empty holes and it. it's gonna look like crap so i don't know that, okay that, okay that upset me Okay. I almost did the uh, the paver thing with my trash, 
Uh, but yeah? I, I almost, but I was like, no, no. That's, kind, I of, that's kind of a project. That's a bit of a commitment. It is. It, it got to, because then I was like, you know, you know, I also want to re- replace the slates that are like sinking down into the earth with other pavers and oh, make yeah. like a little, I'm like, and then it became something. I was like, ah, no, shut it down. Oh yeah. Then you're like creating a Narnia in your backyard and you're like, yeah, no, it's so, easier just to do nothing. I'll do. Yeah. That's exactly what happened. Yep. <laughs> but so the, the gate still, I failed at the gate. So that, that is an ongoing thing. Okay. But, I got a little tip yeah. for you on the gate thing. We can talk. We can talk more later, but like, okay. yeah, if you any situation like that where you have something that's like wood and especially if it's outside like that, like the holes, they kind of get like made bigger, right? Because yeah. you got all that weight. So the holes are bigger. So you can actually just put some like little wooden shims. Like you can use, I don't know if you have small. You oh, might, yeah, I've done that with, uh, I've might, done that yeah. with my doors. I yeah, use toothpicks yeah, in my doors at yeah, home. Yeah, toothpicks yeah. or like a paint stir stick. Those can work well mm-hmm. too. If it's just need some slightly bigger. Yeah, you can put that, you know, like on the top. If it's sagging like down, you put it on the top, like on the side where you need to kind of fill the gap. Then that might be enough for the screws to be able to kind of bite into something, but also yeah. kind of pull the gate up a little bit. But, you know, yeah. Yeah, it definitely works wonders on, on uh, doors in, in the house. Like mm-hmm. I had a, mm-hmm. I had a, cl- I had a pantry door was doing that. And yeah. Toothpicks. It was a miracle. I was, I felt like, like, why? If I had known about that like six years ago, man. Yeah, sometimes that, that the, the so hinges helpful. themselves can get bent a little bit too, and you got to kind of bend those back a little bit. There's all kinds Ugh. of little tricks that you can do. YouTube is a great place for like those types of little hacks. For the thing about the the fence door was that everything on YouTube talked about those tension bars, and that's not mm. my problem because that's mm. like the most common fence thing. It's, it's right. And, the, you know, I get it. That's the most common thing. So I, it yeah. was hard for me to find, like, non-tension bar YouTube hacks. But yeah. anyway, mm. I don't want to talk about how stuff anymore. It's upsetting. I, I, Fair ugh. enough. Anyway. Fair enough. But uh, fun thing, though, also a little terrifying, is this weekend the puppy is happening. <gasps> we are getting a corgi puppy. <gasps> And a very, his name is going. Yes, very cute, his name is going to be puppy. Felix. Felix the puppy. Okay. And uh, when this publishes, I will uh, be leaving today to drive to Southwest Virginia. Wow. To get the puppy. All right. So a Southern puppy. Yeah. That's right. Well, yeah. That's. We'll see how that goes. Oh, we gotta, I'm sure it's gotta, gonna go great. Come on. Well, we have not had a we have not had a puppy in the house for over ten years. So wow. this will be our third corgi. We had one pass away a little over a year ago, so we have but mm. one. So um, yeah, the whole puppy thing. We're gonna revisit that. I'm just trying to remember, like, all right, what did what did we do that worked, and what did we do that didn't work mm. ten years ago? Yeah. And I'm like, oh, God. that's kind of a while ago. Yeah. Yeah, it was a while. So. Mm. That'll be interesting. I will. Oh, I will. That's uh, gonna be fun. That's gonna be fun. We'll, we'll talk. We'll talk about how that goes next time we have a pencast, and I'll show you some puppy pictures. Yeah, you will. That's yeah. exciting, Drew. Good for you. Yeah, I, I wanted to name it um, Mega Man or Godzilla or Dracula, Ooh. but uh, Shannon okay. did not like those, and because she paid mm. for the dog entirely herself, I was like, you know what? You can pick the name. <sighs> I guess. So she picked Felix. I was like, yeah. okay. Mega Man the puppy sounds so much better. I mean, you can choose to call the puppy whatever you want i've i've tried that uh and she is not having that does she like swat your nose with a newspaper when you do that i think that might be the next step because she was we were we were at petco the other day and she was getting Mm -hmm. the little dog collar printed out you know you insert a little card in the thing put the name in i'm Mm -hmm. like m e g man you know and she's just like i thought i feared for my life for a second i thought that i 
It's like beyond like, the beyond the point of being funny, and it's just like making her mad. Yeah, that's not, yeah. That's not good. There's that's a there's good. a fine there's a fine line. Like it's fun making her yeah. mad, but then when uh, ew, yeah, there's that, there's that physical harm I'm trying to avoid. Fair enough, man. I feel like there's a lot of pressure. If I had to name a dog, like I haven't I haven't had my own. The only dog I had growing up that was actually like our pet and not just some stray that we were feeding for a few days yeah. before we whatever. Um, we had one dog, but it was it was like a seven-year-old dog when we got her and she already had a name so i've actually never named a dog in my life um well i named the last two so it, it, it's fair i just yeah i always thought felix was a cat name that just sounds it sounds more like a that, cat i mean there literally is a felix the cat like yeah cartoon. i think that's probably why also yeah. i can't I'm, I'm not gonna it's gonna be so hard for me to i think of felix i think of felix lighter from the james bond series he's like the one american guy throughout the mm. entire series he's the cia he's the cia guy that always shows up he's played by a bunch of different characters but i always think of goldfinger when sean connery sees him at the Hmm. side of the pool and he goes felix so i'm gonna just like always want to say felix oh yeah uh so hey that's fine yeah i like saying felix i mean that makes sense corgis are you know from the the uk right they are but felix isn't felix is the one american oh yeah that's true yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's weird. Yeah, that's okay. all right. But that's cool. Good for you, man. Puppy times. Puppies. They're adorbs. Totes adorbs. Um, Drew, I added a note for you. Oh, you use your printout, don't you? You don't see the note that I added in. Okay. Well, I was gonna. I was gonna suggest that you show off your fanny. Oh well, because <laughs> Drew's got a really nice fanny. I don't know if you want to reword that. That he's but... got a. That he's got. I mean, that he's got to show off. I mean, look at this. You've actually been wearing it this whole time? I have. Of course you, I have. I, I wanted, like, I think that the people needed to just feel this, they this, can, this they can, vibe they that I have. feel the energy from your yeah, fanny? Yeah, I, I, I definitely feel it. I've been wearing it the whole time just to kind of fuel my performance because for, uh, I, I'm energized. <laughs> I feel like at any moment I can go somewhere and be prepared. So for, like if, if, for our audio if, listeners here, what I'm talking about is Drew's fanny pack. Not literally fanny my pack. fanny. Uh, yes. A rickshaw fanny pack, to be exact, that uh, Drew brought to my awareness. I was not I was not aware that this was a thing that existed in the world. And I was like, you know, Drew, we've been going to some pen shows and doing some of that. You know, got the 80s thing going. I feel like a fanny pack could really, could really enhance the experience it, here. It's beautiful. It's tweed. <laughs> and I opted... For the pink interior, and look, Brian, it fits a whole rickshaw case. case. I mean, that's a that's a strong combo right there. I gotta say, yes, indeed. But so Drew, Drew was like, "I want this thing," and I was like, "That is pretty tight." You know, I was like, "You know what? I'll 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 match you on your fanny pack here." Yeah, so I picked one up for myself. Now I st- I have <clears throat> I'm no stranger to the fanny pack in my house, Drew. Right now, I have a fanny pack. Granted, it's just a plain, boring black one, but I have a fanny pack that houses an original Game Boy with all the games. That is what I store my Game Boy in, is a fanny pack. I don't, like, wear it around and carry it with me, but that that is genuinely, that is genuinely how it's being used. So I was like, okay, I'll get a fanny pack, but I was like, I'm going to, like, lean into the fanny packness. So I went with bright neon green for my own personal one. Nice. And then I want a nice color pop, so I went with bright orange on the interior and i was like yeah this feels like childhood right here that's beautiful. super bright colors if i could get like some metallic silver like triangles on here too that would really 
top it off, but they, that wasn't an option with, uh, with Rickshaw. So you can customize it. Drew and I picked our own. And uh, yeah, this is definitely this is definitely going to be with me at my next pen show for sure. Yeah, this is I think this is going to be a pen show thing for me, too. I guess these are in fashion now, but they well, they're like, in fashion. Wear if you, them if you like, wear them, you wear them like yeah. across your chest. But I'm like, that's nonsense. Yeah. These are called fanny packs. No. You wear them. This is you wear them on your fanny. You wear them like a right. belt. It's like an extra cargo pocket around your waist. And I'm Which, like, I'm you know, all Brian, on board for this. You know, and I'm all on board with the fanny pack. I think it's it's practical. It's effective. Frees up your arms and your back. You don't you have know, any encumbrances upon your shoulders. You want to know the perfect use for a fanny pack like this, Drew? If uh, you want, soup. If you want to go to an amusement park and you want to carry stuff around, but you don't want to have to, like, physically also be carrying that. it. You don't want it to have a big bulky backpack because you don't have mm-hmm. that much stuff to carry. You don't want a lot of stuff in your pockets because you're going to throw it around. It could fall out, whatever. You can take it off and stick it on the coaster, you know, beside it, and then pick it up when you get off. Fanny pack is like perfect amusement park item. Absolutely. You get you know? your poncho in there. Uh, yep. um, I always I always have to – my son's allergic to peanuts, so I always have to have an EpiPen with me. There you go. And that thing's super annoying. Like my wife has it, has it in her purse all the time. Yeah. But me, it's like really I'm either going to just like walk around with it or carry my big laptop bag. Like, no. That's what's up, man. I will put it in my fanny pack There now. you go. There you go. So anyway – Drew and I, we got these sort of as like a treat yourself kind of a thing, but I'm, I'm not going to lie. We're going to carry these around, and if we do like this, and if these are received really well, I will say it is, it is a thought to be entertained. We work with Rickshaw. We have oh. made custom things with Rickshaw. I'm just saying there is a possibility that we could make our own Rickshaw fanny pack. But we're trying to separate out just our own enthusiasm for a product versus yeah, we were already talking what about might be a marketable product and may be interested yeah. with the greater pen community. So if y'all are interested, go check out Rickshaw's Fanny Packs on their website. They got all kinds of custom options and stuff. We could also custom print some things. So we have ideas floating around, but it's kind of a niche product. We understand it's not directly pen related, but but also we everyone to get it should have one. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, if it's if there is of interest, let us know in the comments and, and ask our team and stuff like that because we'd like to know. You know, we're always we like Rickshaw, we like to support them and uh, we think this is a cool product that uh, maybe should exist and be in your awareness. So when I told Brian about it, he was like, Wait, what, Rickshaw has a fanny pack? I'm like, Yeah. Yeah, I was like that's it's an awesome, awesome one. He's like are you kidding me? Why? Why do I not know about I didn't this? Know. Everyone should have knowledge of this. Yeah, and, and it's funny because Brian is all about some cargo pants, shorts, as you very well know. I'm, I'm, I'm not. I, you know, but this is an area where both of us are like absolutely. We both fully endorse the fanny pack. This like, is, yeah. This is. I, I told Drew this is the, this is our bridge over troubled waters in terms of fashion here. <laughs> Drew and I don't overlap a lot, but this is one area we can both get on board. And this is a weird, this is a weird pack. place to be. This is a weird thing for us to anchor our friendship around is the fanny pack. But here we, but it's, here a, we it's a strong anchor. Here we find ourselves. It's a strong anchor. <laughs> we didn't choose the fanny pack. The fanny pack chose us. Okay. <laughs> yes. <laughs> my goodness. Um, okay. Let's talk about my nonsense now. Um, yeah. So Drew took the week off. I took the week on. Yeah. So while Drew didn't go anywhere and didn't work... I went somewhere else and worked even harder than normal. So I went to a, a you know, like an e-commerce business, like conference thing. It's a, it's a 
private group. It's not a huge thing. It's not anything that people would really know about, but um, it's an in-person uh, thing with a group that I belong to. And uh, I really like this group. I've been with it for several years. Um, and it's really cool because I get to talk to people who do e-commerce really well, not in, not, not related to the pen industry at all. Um, but we get to experience, share with those folks and learn how to do you know, just basically just do e-commerce, do business better so that we can provide better things to you. We get to learn what like developer partners are good on our software platforms and all these different things. So we learn a lot and gain a lot from it. And you all have directly benefited quite a bit from what I've been able to learn in this group. Um, so I went to this conference. Um, it was within driving distance, which is nice because normally I have to fly. So coming out of like a COVID two years, not having really gone anywhere kind of a thing. It was nice to also not have to like pile on a big full day trip of flying with connections and all that stuff. So that was pretty cool. But I was around more people than I have been in one room with in two years. And I did definitely get back into that groove. I'm a little more extroverted anyway. So it's a kind of a comfortable place for me to be. But it was definitely like a bit of a shock when I first got in there. Like I have not been in a place where there has been like loud ambient noise where having a conversation with someone, I have to like yell over the ambient noise. That has not been an experience I've had in two years. So that was like, wow, this kind of feels a little weird, but I remember it obviously. But like, it was just very noticeable, like, wow, we're not in Kansas anymore, kind of a thing with COVID life. Now we had COVID testing and all this kind of stuff. So everybody there was, was good. Um, but still it was, uh, you know, it was just, it was, it was cool. It was cool to be back at that place, like, wow, it feels like there's some sense of normalcy again. Um, but, uh, it was really cool. So basically my, my whole week was, you know, going to like sessions, listening to people talk, and then pretty much networking and talking to people about the ins and outs of potentially any aspect of our business and what we do relating to, you know, shipping integration software and social media platforms and, you know, literally could just be any of these aspects. Uh, so did anybody convince you, and, yeah. did anybody convince you that selling fountain pens online was not a smart thing to do? Uh, no, I mean, pretty Good. much this is a whole group of, yeah, no, we're still going to keep, we're still going to sell fountain <laughs> pens online. Yeah. That's in fact, it's, it's kind of the opposite of what you're suggesting here. I actually met several people that are like, Oh my gosh, that's your company. I love you guys. Or I hired somebody and mentioned that, you know, I was going to be coming here and you're one of the people here and they flipped out. They asked if I could get a picture or whatever, like people, basically people that are into fountain pens, you know, we've been doing this thing so long, like they, they know who we are and and how we do things. And that's amazing. So it was really cool. There are, or they're like, they know me from the group, but they're not into pens, but their, their 13 year old is into pens. So they like bought them one of our pens and the 13 year old is like, brings their pen to school. They're like popular with all their friends with their pen and they watch our videos and all this kind of stuff. So I have like all these like tangential little like experiences with That's other. That's so cool. It must be so weird. People. Like meeting people who know you that aren't in the fountain pen world. Like that's, it's a different, it's a different dynamic because they, yeah. they do like the business thing like we do. So that's, that's a cool experience for me. Cause obviously like we have our team here and it's great, but I, I'm not often talking to many other like e-commerce business owner founders like that's a different Mm -hmm. it's just a different wavelength you kind of dial into um so you're talking to other people who've got kind of similar you know upstart stories of having to quit their jobs and go all in on their business and that whole kind of thing um so you know i connect with people on that but then when there's like also a connection around the thing that we're actually doing with our business 
you know, is really, really cool. Um, and so it's, it's just, uh, it's, it's, it's a whole different thing. Like when you go to a pen show, you think obviously you can talk about pens and stuff like that. But when I go to a e-commerce conference, I don't necessarily think I'm going to be talking like in depth about actually pens and the things we do. Yeah. So it's always cool when it's like a whole extra layer of, you know, uh, connection that I get to make with people, but, um, it's really cool. So definitely just made me appreciate, just what we were doing here and, and the pen community as a whole. It's, it's so cool because not everybody has, not everybody has a community of people that are into the products that they're selling. So sometimes it's, uh, they just have to do things differently and they're just running ads all the time. They don't have, you know, I, I engage community people that are leaving comments and talking and meeting up in person, like these types of things. That's pretty special. And, um, just, so I always come away from an experience like that, just super appreciating, um, our community and just what we do and our team and everything. It's just, it's really cool. So, um, good, good perspective building. Uh, but basically my, my time while I'm at this conference, cause I'm away from my family, I'm away from the team and I'm literally, I'm there representing our company. I'm like, I got to make connections with people. I mean, I've had things like this where I've, I've pulled things away before that have made like huge differences into like different aspects of things, whether it's a shipping related thing or some social media thing I wasn't aware of. Um, there's always little nuggets and it's always going to be at like a one o'clock in the morning conversation with somebody that I just happened to walk up to their group and I hear about a thing that I'd never heard of before. And I go back and look into it and it's a game changer for us. So the whole time I'm at a conference like this, I'm like, okay, I got to be like on and try to make just absolutely the most of every minute while I'm there. And so it's pretty much like eight in the morning until two or three in the morning, the following day, I am just talking and networking and absorbing and thinking through every aspect of our business. And I, I came away on Thursday when I got back and I crashed. Like I was, I was a waste of a human on Thursday because I, I had not done this in a while and there were so many people there and I talked to so many different people that I like, I was just, I just kind of collapsed and it took me like basically a kind of through the weekend to really come back to being a normal functioning human again. <laughs> so it was really, really great, but I'm still kind of unpacking it all, but, um, it was really cool. And then, you know, while I was there, I took a ton of notes. Um, the, I was conscious about which pens that I brought because I knew that that's a, that's a thing. Um, so I have like kind of two pens that I like to, to, that I, that I ended up really using the most. I used a Lamy 2000, uh, surprise, surprise, but, uh, it's cause it was just so dang reliable. Like I just needed that pen and it started right up and I could just sit there and didn't have to worry about capping and uncapping it as much. It's super quiet, you know, and very durable. I could just throw it in my pocket and just go about my business. Um, didn't have to worry about like an extra pen case and all this other stuff to go with. So that was a, a good old standby. And then I had a, um, Twisby 580 ALR, the, the, um, the blue one, the Navy blue, uh, mm. which is, uh, it looks really good. I get to show off the ink. That pen's really good. Like the Lamy 2000 is a great pen, but to show that to people who don't know anything about fountain pens as a first time pen it's not necessarily like it kind of looks like a roll it looks too much like a roller ball um at first glance so you show like a twisby 580 or something then it's like oh this is a different type of pen you can see the piston inside the ink sloshing around the nib the feed it's all very clear so i like that one uh as a good demonstration but uh the lami 2000 was like my standby one that i was writing with a lot so that was cool um so that worked out really well and i wrote in a loitch term and uh, yeah, got a lot to lot to unpack on that whole trip, but 
it stood by me. And then, you know, as I came back, physically I was fine after a day or two, but mentally I was kind of in a mush. So I did kind of like you. It was like, it's springtime's coming up and it's like yard, yard time. So did some yard work. I have had, we've had a lot of rain around here recently. Um, and lots of parts of my yard get flooded, especially like right around where my house is. So I need, I've been wanting to like, you know, run a pipe under the ground and kind of extend the gutter spout, you know, so it's away from the house because I don't want it to like get in, you know, under the foundation and cause mold in the crawl space and all that. So I've wanted to extend that. So that was my big project is basically I dug big trenches and ran pipes and extended my gutters on six, six gutters on my house. So it was like not a super, you know, exciting project necessarily, but it was pretty brainless. And I got to just like, come back to reality after going to this conference thing and the weather was beautiful and we'd had a bunch of rain so the ground was nice and soft and i was like this is the time to do it so i just went in and did that and uh yeah it worked out really well what i found little little trick if you're trying to dig any kind of a trench in your yard okay you don't want to just like dig the trench because then you're, you're all the grass gets mixed in with all the dirt underneath it what you got to do is a little hack that i found you take a square shovel and you cut like squares about the width of the shovel you know, right along where your trench is, and then you scrape like the top two or three inches. So you're basically scraping like shovel sized squares of turf and you yeah. set those aside and then you dig your trench. And then when you fill it back in, you leave a couple of inches and then you just put those squares right back. Nice. And then it's like, it's like it never happened. Yeah. So I did, I didn't do that for the first one. And then I was left with this like dirty, mushy looking long thing it's like well you can obviously tell i dug a huge trench right there yeah and it was all nasty but then i thought about that little trick and what was so funny is my son he's 12 so of course everything he sees in his life is lego and minecraft so he saw me doing this and he was like it's like minecraft because it's like literally like squares of turf and it's like yeah actually it kind of is. So I was actually able to convince him to come out and help me on the project. Oh, nice. Because I was that's like... A, that's a, I mean, that's he, a sodding good idea, Brian. Yeah, like he does not like working outside, does not like getting dirty, that kind of stuff. He's very much an inside kid. But, uh, you know, just the fact that it looked like Minecraft got him outside and he helped me for like three straight hours. And I was super proud of him. So nice. got to spend some good time with my boy, teaching him how to do, you know, hard manual labor. So... It was a very fulfilling kind of experience, so that was kind of neat. Um, and I then, actually, I yeah. actually had a little mini, mini moment. I, I bought from uh, Lowe's a little birdhouse kit for kids. Okay, um, yeah. So Archer, Archer got his hammer out and he made the little birdhouse. He painted it and I, we hung it up on a tree this weekend, which was also a very similar fun experience that I don't, yeah. I don't get to do often with him. That's awesome. Um, yeah. And then uh, last thing is, you know, I alluded in the beginning of this that we are working on a new new set for our pencast that we're going to hope to unveil next week. So I've got some some stuff I've been working on uh, around that. Uh, and, I, and I have a little bit of a teaser here that I can show if you're okay with that, Drew, unless you want to like... I have no idea what you're going to show, but yeah, bring so, it on. So um y'all know that i'm into uh puzzles and rubik's cubes and stuff no um, i don't think we've mentioned that so uh you know i have these uh these little mini this little mini cube which is pretty cool right um well i actually bought i bought a hundred of these 
so that I could do a pixel art Rubik's Cube mosaic as a piece for our little set. So I wanted to show that because uh, I got that done. And uh, I can make, basically make whatever design I want, but I made one that's the, the Goulet splatter. Nice. Because it's nice and clean, white and blue. And I thought that was kind of cool. So we can just like, I have this in the background. I could make new ones and change it up over time if we want. But Very cool. I thought that was kind of a cool little set piece to have there. And it's like pops nice blue and white and it's like yeah that's pretty fun so absolutely yeah i thought that was kind of neat it's like getting to merge my little interests in in there so kind of fun so more things nice. like well uh, we've definitely got some uh <laughs> interest in being back in the office so that we can do a sequel to the drew goes through brian's random crap and makes him talk about it oh, sort yeah. of uh discussion so. oh and we could have like trivia things where we eat gross candy as well that's another follow oh, up we got circus yeah, we, could do, we, we got circus peanuts drew that we never have followed up on oh, that's something we could God. do boston getting, boston baked beans that's about it. and also the hot we can do that hot ones oh the hot ones episode. yes we did talk about yeah. that didn't we oh, i wasn't gonna mention mm-hmm. that one yeah. yes we did people mm. still mention it every week we get a comment they're like "Ooh, another thing you could do with your hot ones episode mm. they haven't forgotten brian the people okay. remember okay yeah. All right. All right. Well, if if it entertains the folks, then we might have to do that. So oh, yeah, anyway, we want to dis- disappoint our friends. No, we wouldn't disappoint. We wouldn't disappoint. No, it'd be good. But yeah, so that's uh, that's what I've been up to. It's been fun. All right. Next up, we got a couple of company updates here. All right. So a couple of brief company updates. Drew and I are still getting back up to speed on what actually happened while we were out. Um, but basically, we have some videos that we've posted recently that we wanted to highlight a little bit. So um, we have the Sailor Northern Lights, our exclusive that we got. Kind of alluded to that already, but we got a video about that if you want more details. We also uh, posted a video about our legendary fountain pens. I think that was a slice from a previous uh, pen cast that we did. Um, did another video. This is one, truth be told, that I've recorded twice because I originally shot it and it was out of focus the first time that I shot it. So I had to reshoot it. Uh, but this is how to fill a Lamy Dialogue 3 or a Dialogue CC. You know, it's a different mechanism or retractable thing. It's, it's a special it's a special pen. And I was like, you know, I really could do a dedicated video on it. And then I shot it and we were going to publish it and then the dialogue cc was out of stock for months and then it came back we're like okay i think we're finally ready to publish it and guess what now we're out of stock of the cc again and word on the street is we might not get more until august so i'm like whatever let's just publish it and then people can at least have it for the dialogue three sake but anyway helpful video drew was there he watched me shoot it and i messed up so many times i it was like when i was trying to do the feed saturation thing with the ink syringe and i was like what is wrong with me i've never screwed this up this much before that's what it was like shooting you, that video but it turned out okay <laughs> do you actually actually you want to hear something heartbreaking what we got some help editing that video and uh some wrong footage was used that i didn't catch during the proofreading oh really process whoops yeah you remember when you uh used the dirty pen oh is that the one that made it in yeah yep Oh, I did pretty much everything wrong in that one, but... Yep, so I added in a little disclaimer. You'll see Brian do a writing test. Uh, He's supposed to be using Lamy Topaz, which is a brown, and it came out kind of blue because somebody hadn't cleaned his pen. Somebody, yep. (laughs) Didn't look like anything was in the converter, but there was junk left in the feed because I don't clean my pens. That's the, first time, that's the first it. time I've ever done that. Yeah, yeah he reshot it, but it, the, the it proper make footage it. wasn't used. Whoops. So, yeah, oh, well. I should have caught that. That That's on me. But. That's, an, that's an inky hand moment right there. 
Yeah. Um, yeah. And then we have another video about uh, consistently inconsistent pen parts. You might recall that from a previous pen cast as well. So we're trying to keep the trying to keep the video thing pumping out uh, and doing a good job of that. Well, no, the slice. Uh, um, we that, that was the name of the last episode. The consistently inconsistent. Sl- yeah, we don't have a slice on that one. I thought we did. No, oh, okay, not, okay, that's right. Yet. That's right. Okay, cool. Well, we will <laughs> eventually. From that yeah, one at some point. Um, anyway, uh, and that's what we got going on at Gooley Pens. All right, now uh, that's pretty much it for this episode, Drew. Um, yeah, this was a good one, and uh, it's good to be back. I can't wait to be sitting next to you, letting you feel all oh, my natural thank body you. heat. Yep. Oh no, I'm that's sitting on not my good. A little callback here. I'm sitting on my little pillow oh, the butt pillow without my butt pillow this is as low Great. as this microphone goes so this is where <laughs> this is where i would be i look like a child shooting this video so i have to sit on a booster pillow because my legs are disproportionately long and my torso is disproportionately short and drew thinks it's hilarious uh, i just and i sweat a lot pillow. so this pillow is so swampy right now it oh is disgusting God. i actually feel I moisture why, in the pillow why are we talking about this we're punishing the turkey hammock people no, it's a reward. It's a callback to a previous episode. We've already talked about him. Uh, anyway, I know. Just wait, know. wait for more nuggets like this for the in-person experience when we do the, the pancast <sighs> together again. Okay. It'll be good. Okay. Um, but we want to thank you for watching. Why? I don't know, but you do. So thank you. Um, please leave us feedback about how we're doing. Ask us questions because that's uh, how we keep doing this thing. Um, check out GooleyPens.com. Got lots of good pen information there. If you're an audio listener, you want to email us, it's pencast at gooleypens.com. And my random fun fact, since it's springtime, Andrew, you've seen so many bees buzzing around the trees outside your office There's there. There's so many bees <laughs> out there right now. Um, little fun fact, honeybees are more likely to swarm during the spring. Uh, they swarm as a way to start new colonies from successful ones because that's how they spread around. Uh, surprisingly, swarming honeybees are very docile and the most friendly that they will be all year. So even though they may look men- menacing... They got other things going on. They got better things to worry about than you. So just let them do their thing, man. Yeah, bees are delightful. It's all good. Yeah. Now, yellow know. jackets, on the other hand. Yellow jackets are Brian the worst. Brian has some feelings about yellow jackets. Yellow jackets but, are the uh, worst. They don't really do any good for the world. They spread <laughs> a nominal amount of pollen, but bees do so much sadness. more. Yeah, they, just, they, they kill bees. They, they steal food from other animals. They sting things with reckless abandon. They're just awful. They're just awful. They're like mosquitoes. They're just, they don't do, they don't really do any good. They're parasites. All right. I hate them. Yeah. We need to anyway. go. <laughs> okay, we can end this. Whew, you got me all fired up there right at the end. I know. I'm sorry. I shouldn't have mentioned. No, the, I mean, literally, uh, that's the, like, as it's getting warmer again, I'm like, oh, daggone it. Freaking I know, yellow I know. jackets Brian's are going to be around nemesis. again. Uh, if, if, yeah, it, like Urushi and yellow jackets, Brian, really? just it's keep a thing. them away. It's a thing. If they, if if Namiki came out with a Urushi <laughs> pen that was yellow jacket themed, I don't even think I would carry it. I think I would no. just be like, I don't even want to promote this as a thing. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure it'd be beautiful. All right, you got a fun fact? That was my fun fact about the honeybees. Oh, that was okay. Great. Yeah, great. Are wonderful. Cool. Leave them alone. All right. <laughs> Thanks for watching, everybody, and right on. <laughs>